being searched for the first time. In oh my god, years. what are you doing? It was the worst. What were you I found, like, searching? One guy, oh. I found like one guy, one person on a Brazilian games forum talking about my games, and I was like, yes. Nailed it. You finally made it. Yes. That was the only thing I found with like a I don't, deep comb. I don't ever want to know what anybody's saying about anything I've ever done. Like, I just mm. keep that shit. Like, I just remain blissfully unaware. If anybody mm. ever tries to tell me, I'm mentally blocking out. They're like, whatever. I don't care. Y'all can keep that. There you go. That's probably it's, the healthy way to do it. It's so weird for me because there are so many LPs of press space to win on oh YouTube. yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god i got monty to play that today oh, oh wow that's uh we're that's... Just <laughs> there's just the, the faces they just slowly realize like what the game was <laughs> that's <good>. beautiful <laughs> god there's a super press space to win action rpg any percent speed run from two weeks ago oh my god like it's still continuing on how does it, have, does it have a board on speedrun.com? Yes, it does. Your game, you have a game that has a speedrun, that has its own speedrun it board. Fucking I shouldn't. I speedran John's Frog game and literally could not get a board approved. Like, they just, know, they turned it down. To do with this. They turned it down. I, I tried to submit Frog, I tried to submit Frog Adventure and they were like, we don't want it. I tweeted it just... You can see it's, <laughs> it literally shouldn't exist, though, because it's the dumbest thing to exist because there is a perfect run. Yeah, it's literally holding space. It's like uh, it's like uh, like anybody can get the world record in Home Alone on NES because all you got to do is do the same glitch. And like the game, the yeah. game has a time limit. So the game ends on the time limit. So you always get world mm -hmm. record. You just have to play the game for two minutes park yourself, and then wait for the timer to go. So, like, a bunch of people have the Home Alone world record on NES. Yeah. Oh, Cedron.com, we're too good for a frog game. Yeah. Apparently, this was like, this was back when I did it, too. Like, back when I originally did it, and that was, what, like, three or four years ago, maybe? Mm -hmm. oh. Wow. Okay, this is the funniest thing. On the speed speedrun.com for super press space to win most of them say platform web because it was a web game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the recent editions one's from two months ago one's from four months oh. ago they say web emulated because they have to technically emulate flash oh now. yeah <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i was trying to play it earlier and i was like it's the one on inconsequential existence doesn't work and then i realized oh new codes emulates everything I, yeah. For a second, I was like, do I need oh. to download Flashpoint, all 800 gigs of Flashpoint? Oh my god! Um, and then, I nope. should. I don't know what to do with my website right now. Yeah, it's you are... Right, actually, yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 that gambit of doing an entire, you know, website and having an entire online presence defined by Flash back in 1999, boy oh boy, that turned out real weird 20 years later. And then... And then, 15 years later, defining your entire web presence in Tumblr. In Tumblr! Uh, I think that was almost the worst move. That's, yeah, that might actually be <laughs> the worst. Because right now, the... Wow, the Tumblr page is really fucking broken. Oh, they're so ugly now, aren't they? Like, I went to your website just a couple weeks ago to play some things, and it was like, oh, God, this is... Wow, this is poop from a butt ugly. Wait... Oh. <laughs> I think it's just the Tumblr front page, like, the hot linking isn't working, so mm. it's, it's just an ugly mess right now. I'll fix that someday. Yeah. I don't know. You need to get those simpler games re-exported as XE files, Red. I know. But at least, like... Red, how am I going to stream the Adventures of Mike Man 2? You have to think of me here. 
I'll do that one just for you tonight. I got Monty to play some Bullet Phase 2, and I saw the person on the Bullet Phase page said, Hi, Rhett, you could make your game downloadable. The Flash support will end. And I did. <laughs> I did finally then, make it downloadable. And then a reply, Seriously, please. Oh. The Flash support will end very soon. Oh. <laughs> I did that one like day of. All the uh, itch.io ones should have downloads now. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think they do. But there's only like Hunters. Uh, and yeah, just Hunters. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the ones on Newgrounds are still playable. Mm-hmm. I think hu- they said like Hunter's Stage Six doesn't work in the emulator. I'm like, oh, cool, Ooh. the oh. important one. Yeah, like the the biggest, most important one. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Uh, you did you did push Flash Four as hard Pretty as it fucking was. could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, wait, didn't wasn't Hunter's exported in Flash Five oh, yeah. though? I wasn't exporting in Flash Four mm-hmm. by the end, since like. Because you couldn't do actual keyboard input no, on Flash 4. No, not like... You could, but you can't do multi-key input. Yeah. That's why my, That's why the original versions of Mike Man were kind of bad. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you refused to listen to anybody about this. <laughs> well, I just didn't have a way to fix it. I know, time. I know, but you were just... It was... The, the way... The, just the way you approached it back then was very funny. <laughs> I was very proud I'd made it. You had made a great game. Even it was not unplayable because I finished it multiple times even with bad controls, okay? So I still I still play I played that game on the reg. So But John being like going into the the later version with the fixed controls and being like, Why are these five seconds like five seconds long? (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's like you don't understand the original version was an ordeal to move. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like instead of just holding down the button you basically had to tap for every single pixel yeah it was you, just you were like adjust- you were like doing these weird adjustments midair kind of just pixel by pixel tap by tap great like job. to jump forward you would jump and then tap forward a bunch so that's, <laughs> that's why the gaps are like extremely small <laughs> And then you and then you redid it, and it's just like put everything up times two speed. And yeah, it's really fun. And it's really yeah, it, it's such a wildly different game than it was when it first launched. It really is like a, an entirely different game. The weirdest part, uh, I'll stop this tangent after this. But like in the in the faster version, every boss also has half health. Yeah, they have half health now. Which means in the original version, everything had double health. Yeah, they just took forever. They took forever. <laughs> we make look. We make very good video games, and I will not hear a word otherwise. Welcome everyone to Soxcast episode one hundred forty-four. We make the video games. You play them. You love them. Right. That's how that goes. That's how this this whole thing. Actually, that's not true. Indie devs don't like playing other indie devs' video <laughs> games. You learn that real fast. <laughs> you would be surprised the number of indie devs that I talk to that want me to play oh, their God. game, but suddenly do not have time for my video game. Oh, I'm I'm very busy. I won't have the time. I'm thinking of that meme image, the comic with the dog. Play my game. Not your game, my game. Not your game, game, my game. (laughs) Uh, I'm not bitter, I promise. (laughs) If I I voice too much bitterness, it consumes me, so I just don't. Yeah, you kind of got to, yeah. 
Just like, all right, I need to pull myself out of this little acid puddle right now, or we're going to go down mm. on a tangent. That is not... William Gallagher. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, William Gallagher tangent! <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, but hey, how's everybody doing out there in internet land? We hope you're ready for a podcast. We're ready for one. It's been a couple weeks. Can you believe that, like, after next episode, the episode after that, we're going to be asking for Game of the Year lists? Oh, oh man! I don't even know what mine is at this point. Like, I, I, hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? What? I wrote one already. You? Oh, look at you! I'll make adjustments as needed, but I'm real happy with it. You're just like oh. your boy. Just got his homework done three three months early. He doesn't even have to think about this shit. He's just real oh, confident. So He's just real confident. I was just, I was just like, wow, I've got 27 games beaten this year. That's a record low. And Polly's like, I got, I got it. I got, I got 18. Okay, one more. All right, let me let me y'all keep talking. I'll count mine up. All right. <laughs> it will see. I I don't count thirty minute games, obviously, because I, I don't mean, play yeah. any. Because <laughs> those are, I mean those are indie games, and we know that those aren't real games. Yeah, they're not real. No. I mean, if I can't go on, Steam... I actually, unironically, because I've got so few games played this year, I probably should actually put Luigi floating on an egg over the sea in contention. <laughs> Just because, like, hey, if I if I liked only nine games more, it's got a chance. It's got, it's got. You know what? The shot is ever so minimal. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Fifty-one on my list. Fifty-one. Oh my Look at you. How many of those That's... are like five-minute flicker games? <laughs> um, a, a decent number, but okay. A so number you basically played games. twelve games this year. Honestly, honestly, there should be far more itch games on here. I feel like I've been. I feel like I've been lax. Mm. So. We'll mm. punch that up. Mm. It is funny when it's like, oh, I could play one Trails in the Sky game, or like a thousand indie games. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay in between long RPG mode for a little bit because it's very easy to jump right into another one. Yes, um, it when is. I, when, I, when I don't, then I, then my brain is like, okay, let's do these twelve other things instead, and it's really yeah. nice, even like, in I, just like that week or two week period. Like I got that copy of Mary Skelter Finale. And I was like looking at, as like I, I immediately like I just finished two like two weeks ago, but then I got like as soon as I got it in my hands, it was like that immediate urge, like oh man, I could like put this in and I could just go right now because this is like fucking candy for my brain, filling in all those squares, <laughs> doing random battles, like there's the, like like dungeon RPGs, but then like. I guess I can play the. I guess I can play the cute little visual novel that comes with it. The the, the dating game. Yes. Because that looked real wild. The couple seconds I looked at, of it, that I was like, okay, I got like two screens into that, and then like a couple of nightmares appear as Jack's parents. And I was like, okay, this might actually be really doofy and fantastic. Yes. Oh my god, I love the 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 scope of that package. It, when you kind of so laid out much. what the Mary Skelter finale looks like, I, that feels so like. Like, they love their story and world that, so much. That's the happy. thing, is I think that really I kind of appreciate about the series a lot, even if, like, the gameplay might not be, you know, like, what I typically expect and want in a dungeon crawler with a bit more meat and a little more a bit more thought. It's just, like, they care so much about that narrative and story and characters that, like, they're including literally everything with finales so you don't miss out so nice that's that so, so cool. much yeah like it, it like that kind of dedication to story is just not what i come to expect with that genre typically yeah, uh, but I anyway i did 
Yeah. I did count up my I did count up my itch recs uh-huh. for twenty. So like twenty twenty, I had twenty eight games that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I've only got eleven so far for twenty twenty one. You slack so I'm, it now. I'm, I'm very behind on itch stuff. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Right. Well, you got a few months. You still got a few months to get things okay. in there. I got pad that, that list I'll out a little bit. Look for, look for some games about people in a coma. You'll find plenty. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, he's ready, willing, and able to be an outlet for your daddy issues. Oh no. It's red. It's John Thire. It's red. <laughs> Who's got daddy issues in chat? Cox out for daddy issues. Let's go. Oh. What is going on? What is going on, Rat? <laughs> Not much. Playing. Playing a video game for once. You are playing a video game, are you? Yeah, we're not going to talk about we're, that much. We'll probably hit that at the end, because I, yeah. I figure people know what we're talking about, and me and Red have played a, a good bit of it so far, but we'll save that for, like, the last segment or something. Mm-hmm. That way, you know. And we're not going to spoil anything, obviously, so that would mm-hmm. be rude. That would be rude seeing as that the game is only two days old. We Samus could, is a girl. Samus is a girl. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. Oh, shit. I yeah, fucked up. Shit. Well, don't worry. I'll fix it in post. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll put, like, Samus is a... <laughs> they'll never figure it out. They'll, never. they'll be really curious, though. Yeah, then they'll have to buy the game. Oh, uh, but then... We are Nintendo's money. best marketing arm, I tell you. I <laughs> yeah, we're not going to tell you to pirate it. I'm not going to tell you to pirate it. We're just going to say that it runs give, well in an emulator. Even though I don't give a flying fuck about pirating Nintendo games. Hey, did you know you can run it at 4K with unlimited frame rate? <laughs> That's pretty wild. <laughs> That's a pretty wild article. I think that people kind of misunderstood the reason that I was po- po- poking fun at the thing that I was poking fun at. I was just poking fun at the the, the guy completely just com- completely missed the context of his own quote. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really dumb sounding. Um, but anyway... But you're ready for a podcast, right? Yes. I don't know that anybody's taking you up on the daddy issues offer either. Uh, oh, Rhett, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, uh, if you want, get a hold of me at polly at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. If you've got daddy issues, I will forward them over to Rhett, and he will get you covered. Don't you worry. What does that mean? What does that mean? Podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net with the no, subject no. line... Actually, those emails go to me. With the subject line, daddy issues. Red will get you all fixed up. Don't you worry. Technically, I, I get the podcast emails first. Yeah, you do! Why do you think I use that email? God damn it. It's okay. Nobody listens to this show. Hey, John, right what here. was that email again? <laughs> Whoa! No, <laughs> I can't. Not now, <laughs> not this time. <laughs> That's a callback. That's a goddamn good callback. Man, you gotta know you gotta know the Sox cast deep lore for that one. You have to have been listening a while to get that joke. That jape. To my immediate virtual left, he just can't stop thinking about semen today. It's John Thayer. Oh, that's a mood. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. Got some good stuff to talk about. I'm excited. Is it semen based? Uh, arguably. Arguably. Oh, we're talking about that Dreamcast hit. Uh. (laughs) 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 We like fish here. It's fine. It's good. You're ready for a podcast. You all, you're always ready for a podcast, though. I don't know why I always asked you. Always ready for you're a just, podcast. You're just always ready. Like, I could call you up at, like, 3 in the morning. And you'd be I'd like, John, let's do a 3 a.m. podcast. And you'd be like, dude, hell yeah, let's go. Fuck 
yeah, that shit going. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, actually not, maybe not on a work night. I'm gonna actually yeah, do that. I'm gonna actually do that at some point now. That's gonna be something fun for you to watch out for in the future is uh, me doing a surprise two AM stream and then just calling you in the middle of the night. Let I me... absolutely keep my phone muted at night. Oh <laughs> that's no fun. If, if somebody if somebody's if somebody's dead, I can find out in the morning. I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... You know what? Like, nobody wants a call in the middle of the night. Those are the worst. Like, if somebody's calling you at 2 in the morning, it's either a prank call or somebody died. You don't want those calls. It's fine. <laughs> I faced the day... But look, look. if somebody's dead, I'm going to face that day a whole lot better in the morning. You tell me that when I've uh. got to look at you through two bloodshot eyes and they're like, oh, okay, let me take a few minutes to process the words that you came out of your mouth. And two hours later, you're at work and go, oh, dead. Oh, that's a state of non-existence. Oh. Yeah, I handled that not very well, did I? Oh, yeah. And it's just a whole weird... Not that this has ever happened. Not that really this is enjoying ever... the energy this episode. <laughs> that's a good energy. I'm going first! Okay. Hell yeah. Look at me go. Look at me go. Taking command of my own show. It's Taking not, command it, of your own destiny. Yeah. It's, seizing it, your own to fate in your own two oh hands. Boy. Oh, boy. John. Not your bit. What? Wally's turn. Oh, okay. Good. Go, uh, Polly. Okay. Okay. Hi. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. What have you been up to, Polly? Oh, I've been up to some things. You know, things and stuff. Stuff and things. Mm -hmm. I played a, uh, I played a cool demo the other day I thought I might bring up. Just to sort of oh, kind of quick, a quick one-off. Uh, I streamed it. And it might surprise it might surprise people that I enjoyed it. <laughs> given the company that's behind it. I, pl I played a demo. Oh. I played a demo for the new Skipmore game. Uh, Transa Ruby. I'm so chest for this. Yeah, uh, Fill me in. okay. Transfer Ruby is basically an, like a, an explorey type platformer game, kind of like kind of like those ones that started coming out in like 1985. You know the one. Oh, we're you, not that old. We're not. We're not. No, like we were all born in what, like 2003 or. Oh, four? Is, it, is it like Legacy? <laughs> is it? Wait, are you saying it's like Legacy of the Wizard? Basically, yeah. I mean, okay. it could literally just be like they literally just. Yeah, Transfer Ruby literally translates to Legacy of the Wizard in Russian. <laughs> Look it up. I'm not lying. Go to Google Translate. I'm not the one making this shit up. But um, yeah, it's a new, it's a cute little exploratory platformer uh, by mm -hmm. by the Skipmore fellows. They make really simple, easy to play games where you know, not a lot of not a lot of heavy um, interaction required. So I was kind of curious as to how that they would approach. Uh, something a little more involved like a platformer so like i had action game, yeah. yeah like it's it's a bit more of an action game and i think that comico was also a bit more action oriented um comico was it was like i kind of went into it expecting something more along the scope of like Faroon, mm -hmm. but then it's like a it is like a four stage action game like yeah it's a it's the thing it's like a time trial type thing ah cool a more epic adventure oh nice uh, so yeah, like so, I guess that there is sort of precedent for them doing something a little more uh, action oriented than uh, with Comico mm -hmm. being what it was. Uh, but yeah, like this is just one of those, uh, and I'm, I don't mean that derisively. I mean that in a good way. Like this feels like a good one of those where, um, like the areas are really big and detailed and distinct. You don't like really ever feel like you would get lost in them because, like, it's, again, one of those games where like. 
I don't need these games to be super huge. I just need them to be nice and dense, but like small and compact. And, and you can make everything very distinct and easy to kind of follow without having to look at a map all the time. So you always kind of know where you're at in the world. But you go around and you have to like open these gates with these little diamonds that you find scattered all over the place. And it basically comes down to being like little... Um, uh, uh, maneuverability slash mobility puzzles on and traversal puzzles on getting all of the little diamonds so you can go to the next area probably fight a boss with some real simple mechanics and you get stuff like you get a gun like the first power up you get is gun but uh, okay. its primary uh, function is to freeze enemies so you can like freeze enemies and hop on them like or freeze them to like avoid like I, I like one cool one I saw like during during the boss fight in the demo was that like it rears up to do this like one hit kill laser attack and you have to like freeze an enemy and then jump on top of it uh, yes. to, to avoid the attack and like like little things like that and it feels like it's just kind of like it's again it's gonna build on those two like build on those ideas in a really fun way. Uh, the trailer, like, after you beat the demo, which the demo is really fucking chunky, by the way, so it makes me wonder, Ooh. it makes me wonder how long the actual game is going to be, because I got about 50 minutes out of the demo, um, wow. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like two big areas, uh, and a boss mm -hmm. fight, so it makes me wonder just how big that game is going to be, uh, in the end, um, if there's, if there's like some typical skip more stuff, there's a lot of fantasy walls. I feel that they're telegraphed maybe a little bit better uh, than the favorite <laughs> stuff Sorry. may have been. Oh no! Please, by Sorry. all means, laugh. I, I am in. I am by no means sore at the fact that Faerun made me look like an idiot. Uh, it's fine. Um, that was there was just like some weird. I, I, I'm sure a lot of it was not telegraphed well, but there was one specific thing where your monitor. My monitor did not pick up the correct color. So like when I showed the screenshot to people, they were like, "It's right there," and I'm like, "What is right there?" And they literally had to show me a difference in the values of the colors of the pixels oh on the ground. <laughs> because for they some reason... We were just like... I thought people were just <laughs> fucking with me! But no, like, somebody had to show me there were two different values on my old monitor. Because for some reason, there was a shade of blue it just could not detect. Uh, so weird. <laughs> That's so, so fucking still. bizarre! But I was stuck there for like an hour! An hour in a game that is literally, what, two hours? <laughs> I was so mad. The um, the, the the that the game is looking pretty chunky is really nice. Cause yeah. Like, because like that was my kind of thing with Kamiko is like, I I had it it, it was good, but I had an image of something a lot grander, mm -hmm. and then I was very sad. And they released Farron two in twenty sixteen, and the only other thing they've been working on besides this was like a Stardew Valley like explorey type game explorey farming game mm -hmm. and i just don't really care nah, about those I got, I got nothing nothing for those so this is like the next thing like i really liked farron i really like farron too and now this is the the next thing from them in like five years yeah this this seems like it's gonna be real but the demo is still on steam i believe like it was one of the only ones that didn't disappear from that big salvo of uh demos they did uh for a week because they're doing nice. that a lot now they're they're showcasing they're doing a lot of demo showcases as of yeah. late which i appreciate that uh you know because you don't typically think of steam giving much of a fuck about indies yeah, i'm seriously. not i'm not saying that it, like look it's a start like having these themed weeks where you know you're highlighting these games i have to think has helping in some way i found a I number mean, of games through these so i found carry on through that 
Yeah, I like, um, it, so. uh, there's another game that I want to check out, but they didn't have a demo for it. It was like Assault something or other. John knows what it was. June streamed a bit of it. It looked really good. I, Sorry, I, I, got, I zoned out because I wanted to check on where the Witch Spring people were. Oh. And apparently, Witch Spring 3, the remake, is coming out um, later this year in English. Oh! I was completely oh. in the dark about that. Oh. So for losing focus there, but okay, that, I kind of always grouped them in my head because they were two like mobile devs I really liked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I looked up Trans Ruby demo mm-hmm. or Trans Ruby trailer actually, mm-hmm. and I found a trailer from 2018, and it just says announcement trailer for Trans Ruby on Nintendo Switch releasing 2019. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, small so, dev, small dev team for one, and then 2020 happened. That game probably went through some shit, but it feels good for it. Like, I had a grand time oh. with that demo. Uh, I did a stream of it if you want to catch it. It's on my YouTube channel. Uh, if, oh, you, yeah. if you want to just watch that and watch me actually play a, a skip more game and not get chumped out. <laughs> it's good. You know what? Like, I kind of like, you know what? I think I kind of get you guys now. I get it, I think. I understand. I know what you want from me. You want me? To, you you really value exploration, and I get that, and I appreciate that. There's so. the invisible column in Faerun. Okay, there's some one. of that stuff is really just. Crazy. There's a couple of things in Faerun I think are bullshit. Like there's like a couple of parts where you actually literally just have to walk off of the fucking stage, and there's no indication for it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> something like that in the last area where you had to like walk off of the fucking map, but there's no indication that you're supposed to do that. <laughs> When you walk around the square in a circle and there's this this area you clearly can't reach and then like oh there's only four possible things that could be approaching this map air this map square from is it this one is it this one is it this one oh this one has a big blank dead end hmm it's fine it's fine john i'm gonna tell it's you fine. to shut your it's big fine. stupid mouth it's fine john it's fine. john yeah mouth farron is very fun because it's like the only one of the only games i can think of where I really liked it mm-hmm. and I recommended it mm-hmm. and like 10 or so different friends played through it mm-hmm. and nobody else left. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine. It's this just the my game. <laughs> no wait, I think June likes it. Maybe June liked it. I, I feel like a lot of people played Faerun and every time somebody got back to me like, this shmup final boss is bullshit, or, oh, or see, something with the explorer. Uh, that was not definitely not my problem with it. The part no, where it actually had gameplay. No, like the, the part shmup... where the combat. Yeah. I like actually had gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the combat was literally: is your level higher than the enemy? Yeah. So fun! I want to make a game like it. And I yeah, like I it. actually do too. So I like hmm. look. Faerun has inspired me to a degree. Oh, people in the chat telling me I'm not as alone as I thought. You are not alone. Someone, someone in the chat, Zellas in the chat, saying I, a friend of a, a friend of mine liked it. I haven't played it. It's like uh, okay, so we're fine. like we're like one link removed, but there are we're people there. out there, there in the cosmos. There are people out like there it. that like Faerun. Imagine it. Mm-hmm. It's a world that I was scared to imagine, but I'm willing to let into I my put heart. It in my t- I put it in my top 20 games of the decade. Ah, that's, yeah, pretty good. I'm proud of Faerun. You do you, Faerun. You just do it Thank over you. there. <laughs> <laughs> Life is good. <laughs> All right, what else have you been up to? What Polly? else have I been up to?
not do I played I finally got to play a game that I've been waiting on to come out for a good long while. I've talked about it quite a bit. I streamed the demo. I try I, I beat the drum for this game for a long time and I don't think anybody gave a shit, which is fine. Uh, I played Unmetal. No, the name does not Tell ring a bell. about this. No, it, the name does not ring a bell to anybody, despite the fact that it I, definitely it definitely rang a bell for me because I caught yeah. that original stream. It's it's unmetal gear. Yeah, yeah it, it base. Okay, okay. So this is this game. Like, and I, I think that this is where the disconnect happens. And I think it's like when you name your game unmetal, you're gonna set expectations, uh, and you're probably gonna maybe alienate people in a way because they're gonna think, oh, this is just Metal Gear Solid like, but funny. Um, and that's not what this game is. Okay. Uh, okay. This game is like this game is not strictly uh, a Metal Gear Solid drift. It uses familiar elements, uh, like Jesse Fox. He is the, the the protagonist character. He is definitely a Solid Snake analog. He's talking in a gruff voice, but uh -huh. he is in no way a serious pr a human being. He is funny. He is entirely just completely unserious to a fault. Uh, he is a ridiculous person uh, that just gets things done by punching them, <laughs> by smushing random items together, uh, and literally not giving a fuck about being, you know, stopping the nuclear threat to the world. He just wants to go home. <laughs> he just wants to get out of here. He does not care. Uh, but he, but he's an action hero badass that is going to do the things that he needs to do anyway, and he's very funny about it. But this game would just not work at all. Um, if it was just a, a riff on Metal Gear Solid, but like the story's big and stupid, it escalates in a lot of the same ways that Metal that a Metal Gear Solid game would, but it's never taking itself seriously, um, and it's never trying to be cheeky about not taking itself seriously. Like it's it's not too self-aware. It's self-aware enough to know that it's comedy, but it's not so self-aware that it's that annoying self-aware. It's like ah, remember that Metal Gear Solid thing. Huh? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and even like, and the thing about the the way this game kind of handles those things is it's never just throwing things out there for them to be a reference. Like, if there is a reference to something, there is also the reference is part of a joke that is still funny. So even if like you don't understand what this thing might be referencing from a Metal Gear game or something like Contra, it's still funny because there's an innate absurdness to everything that's happening and these characters and the way everybody's interact. Like, all of the guards are named Mike for some reason, and they play this joke, like, from start to finish. Like, and it's just like every time somebody asks you your name, you just say you're Mike, and they're like, oh, how's it going, Mike? And they just think you're Mike because everybody's named Mike for some reason. And there's no reason for it. It's just dumb humor. Um, as soon as you said it, I laughed anyways. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's, and this whole game is like that. And, like, it is a game that also has just these numerous, numerous, like, one-off visual gags and, like, entire gameplay sequences that are just one long visual gag mm. that'll get you from one point to another, like, in a, in a more fun way than it, would, than it would be just normally playing the game the way you would by just, like, sneaking around. It's like... The, the one that, that got me early on that I literally just died at is that you go into a sewer and, and he's narrating, like, you're, you're, the, the framing of the game is that Jesse is, like, in a sort of tribunal and he's relating the story of what happened uh, during his escape to his superiors. Uh, to, to, you know, you know, and, like, you get to kind of make up parts of it as you go. 
So, like, at certain points, the game will stop and be like, like, uh, you know, I, I got to the warehouse, and there were, and then the game will pause, and there'll be, like, a number, like, one or two, and then you can be like, one, and then there was one guard. And then you can sort of change the story in really fun, dynamic ways like that. So I got to the sewer, and you get down there, and, and he's just like, I got to the sewer, and the first thing that I noticed was, and it was just like, rats? Squirrels. It was like, I chose rats. And he was like, it was flooded by an entire congregation of rats that all saw me as just a piece of cheese. So he turns into a piece of cheese, and you have an elaborate escape sequence oh as God. a piece of cheese, and you have to, like, head bonk fucking obstacles in your way as a piece of cheese. <laughs> and it's like, it makes no sense whatsoever. And it's never referenced again, but it's just this one <laughs> dumb... It's just this one elaborate one-off gag to get you through what would be a, a boring sewer level. But we found a way to make it fun. Um, and the whole game is always pulling fun and varied shit like that. Um, but it's basically just, it's a stealth puzzle game, basically. Uh, like, like, you, you go through areas, like, you either sneak past guards or you neutralize them, uh, silently. Um, and, and you usually want to engage with the guards and neutralize them silently because you, you get level ups and you get perks for doing so. And they're like, they're really good perks, too. Like, oh, like... Uh, like, I can walk 35% faster, or, like, I, I, it only takes one punch to knock a guard out instead of two. Things like that. So, like, it's actually, like, worth engaging with the stealth mechanics and engaging with the guards, um, instead of just, like, running past everything, because hmm. the level-up bonuses are really super worth it. They're not just like, oh, you get a couple extra hit points or something. Like, everyone comes up with, like, you get a set of two perks that you can choose from. So you kind of, like, make your own Jesse Fox build as you go. Uh, and you get ten levels over the course of the game. So you get to pick, like, there's 20 abilities and you get ten of them. Uh, so that's cool. Um, and it, there's also a lot of uh, item collecting and, like, a lot of item combining uh, to, to make really specific and silly things to, to progress through the game. Um, like, one of my favorites is, like, uh, you go into a base and you start finding this item called C1. And you go and you find another C1. Then you find two more C1s and you get to oh something. And then you get to something that needs to be blown up. And, okay, yeah, I need to connect. I need to combine the C1, 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 and C1 to make C4. Uh, or, I like, I, I, like, he gets to a point, a point where he can't, he, he's not allowed to punch any of the guards and he's not allowed to shoot anybody. So he's got to find another way to take them out. I need chloroform. So, you go, you search around the lab, and you find chloro, and you find form. That's how you scientifically make chloroform. This is so fucking stupid, I love and, it. And there's, it, the whole game is just really dumb, stupid shit like this. Um, but the meat and potatoes, again, is it's puzzling your way through the stealth situations with, like, guards and cameras. Um... But the cool thing is that the game is just constantly switching it up, like so you don't get bored, like 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 the the the, the cheese thing um, that I was talking about, where like you, you just run through the sewers instead of doing a boring sewer level where you're trying to stay hidden. Like like the game's just like it's it's big on either adding fun gimmicks or limitations to the way you have to approach the stealth, or it just takes you out of that entirely and letting you do something. Like, there's some run and gun segments that are really fun, some fun vehicle portions. So, like, you've got, like, that bread and butter gameplay of stealth. It's, like, really <laughs> solid. 
but the game's just constantly pulling you away from that every once and again to like to give you a breather. Um, yeah, and cool. that feels great. Uh, and the boss fights are all really good. Like no two bosses are really ever really ever handled the same. Like there's there's either like a, a fun gimmick, or like you have to like puzzle out how to damage the boss. Um, and it's usually just like really either clever use of items or like different ways of using the environment or dodging things in a specific way. So like, the gameplay is just it keeps just doing really smart things to keep you engaged. You never get stuck doing one thing too long, but it never feels like any of these things are underthought. Like everything That's so feels, fucking cool. Everything yeah, everything, feels, you're, everything you're saying sounds so much like so much fun. I really like being committed to that framing device. That the very goofy framing device. Yes! Yeah, and then they get they play around with that a lot. Uh, like in the game, like 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 where you get to like shape the story. Like there, like two of my favorites are. Um, uh, uh, there's a part where you have to sneak past uh, this pack of dogs, and they're all asleep. And when you get there, he's like, he's like, I ran into a wild pack of dogs, but they weren't just any normal dogs. They had, and then you can be like, they had extra good hearing or extra good <laughs> sense of sense of smell. Uh. So you select one, whichever you select determines how you have to get through that area. And the game, <laughs> and the game saves at that point as well. Oh God. That's so <laughs> playful. And, Holy and shit. so like, if you choose the scent, you've got like, a, like a, an indicator of which way the wind is blowing. And then there's like this effect on, on your character that's showing you like where his scent is blowing and you have to sneak through the dogs. Holy and, shit! And if there, and if you choose hearing, you have to like tap the stick to like get through the area. But the funny thing is, it's like you have a codec, or you have a walkie-talkie, and the dudes that you're working with will sometimes call you. So you have to call them before you go into the dog. Do not call me for the next ten minutes. Um, and and like they let you run into there and let that happen. Like they don't tell you. That, like, maybe you should call your superior officer or somebody. They don't Good tell joke. you. Yeah, it's, like, I did not care that the game got me. Like, I was like, okay, that's... Because as soon as you get to the middle of the screen, your fucking phone rings. He stops. A big thing appears above his head, and he's just like, uh-oh. And then there's the dog's fucking mauling. <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> so, like, when you get to that screen, <laughs> and after you pick how they're going to detect you, you have to call... You have to call the dude first, like, look, don't call me for the next five minutes, okay? And then you sneak through the area. It's really cute. And then there's a, a boss fight with, like, a tentacle monster. Um, and when you get to the monster, it's like, it's like, it's like, it was a huge, ugly tentacle monster. And it had, and then it'll pop up numbers on the bottom of the screen, like, two, eight. Or, or, or like 2-12 or 16 or two twelve eight or something like that. I can't remember the exact number. I think it's two six twelve. And so like, okay, like he's probably going to comment on the number of tentacles, right? So like if you want to make the boss easy, you probably what? Choose two, right? I'm looking for an uh -huh. agreement. Okay, yeah. So it's like, it's like so you pick two and he goes, and the ugly bastard had two dozen tentacles. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so like the the fucking answers are always kind of like you're gonna get a you're gonna get a funny result and it's just it's really really good uh another gimmick that i like in the game is that like uh shortly into the game and, and like right after you get a gun 
you run into a, you, you meet the really hot doctor doctor lady and like okay. he makes a promise not to kill any guards the whole time he's there so now you've got a lethal gun that's <laughs> that now becomes useless against all the guards because now you're not allowed to kill any guards for the rest of the game like that is the <laughs> you like once you get that you are not allowed to kill guards at all so the funny thing is, it's just like, if you're not great at the stealth, you may have to end up pulling the gun out and using it. So if you do shoot a guard to immobilize them, you have to use your own med kits to heal them to make sure they don't bleed out. <laughs> That's such... <laughs> that is such a fucking good mechanic! It's so Even good! There does seem to be a lot of, like, gameplay and story interacting. Yeah, this. that's yeah. the so, like, best that's part. Of... That's the best part. It's like, this stuff isn't compartmentalized. It's not just like, oh, there's a funny story, there's yeah. a funny script, and then gameplay. It all is mingled together. And, it like, that's why it feels like it's such a complete package. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I loved this game. Uh, I think the only time it actually falters is, like, right at the end. Fuck. <laughs> it's not it's not terrible. It doesn't ruin the game. But like the way that the story's being told, there's this constant air of like a question that you keep asking yourself. And it's not a question that ever needed answered. And he answers it at the end and it just kinda like uh yeah, that per somebody like they're telling a really good joke and then it goes one layer too deep and it's not funny. Like where you take okay. where you take away something and it's just like oh, Nah, I wish you'd have just left that. Like, it's it's not offensive or anything. It's nothing like that. It's just like, oh, I think you kind of cheapened the joke a little bit. It doesn't. Mm. Aww. But that does not take away, like, the other 11 fucking hours of time that yeah. I spent laughing out loud at this game and just posting stuff constantly from it. That sounds pretty surprisingly long, too. Like, way yeah, longer like, than the actual Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, like, it's, like, 12 hours. I was shocked at how... Like, I literally thought that this was going to be, like, a five- to six-hour game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but it ended up giving me a solid 12. And I was not bored for any of it. I was not frustrated for any of it. I had a really good time. I think the only other time they goof up really bad is that there's a real bad Asian caricature late in the game. And like, oh mm -hmm. man. And they, they don't say anything offensive, but it's just that dumb, terrible accent that people do. And it's like, why? No. You were... So no. You went so it's far, and like, all the humor in this game is not offensive at all. And you just kind of do the weird... Eh. But again, I don't think that kills the game, but it just... Little, little disheartening, I guess. I'm on the Steam no, yeah, page. Makes some, perfect sense. I'm on the Steam page, and somebody posted a GIF of cheese running away from rats. It's really it's good. A, I posted, a I posted a video. I posted a video of it on my uh, plushie account. Yeah. I thought because I thought it was hilarious. And they're playing a Benny Hill theme while you're oh running. Oh my god! It's a Benny Hill like they composed a Benny Hill like theme for that. So, uh, it, it's really it's not, you. You could probably find it on. Uh, Polly Plushie's media page, but it's yeah. really fuck. I loved it. But this game's great. I need great. to play this now, yes. and then pick the squirrel option. Yes! Yeah, do the other one. Yeah, this game's real good. Unmetal is really... It, it's funny. It's a genuinely good game to play. I, I don't have much I can complain about with wow. this game. I'm, I'm like, I, I've... 
Like, like I said, like when I first played the demo for this game, it really caught me off guard. I was not expecting it to be good at all. Like, I just kind of looked at it and was like, I don't know. You're probably just going to be Metal Gear. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think there's a stigma attached to doing like, ha, it's a parody game. Like, it's not going to be its own thing as well. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, this is very much like you don't need Metal Gear Solid to to understand and appreciate what this yeah. game's doing. Cool. Like, I like the thing you said about, like, when they do a reference, that's not the yeah. entire joke is reference. It's, like, tied to another game yeah, like, it's the, the movie happening. Yeah, like, it, like the reference is just part of something else funny that is happening. Like, if you get There's, that extra reference, it's just a little bit of icing on top. Because so much of 2000s humor is, uh, hey, reference, uh, and then that's the start and end of the joke. Hey, remember River City Rampage? Yeah. Uh. Oh. Look, it's a thing from Mario. You guys know Mario. You guys like Mario. Ah! Just like that time, I was Mario. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> they got. They have a good. Uh, they have a good King of the Hill reference in this game. Good. It's really good. They, they do. A, they do a joke about you know how like a Full Metal Jacket has that line about yeah you know there's only two things that come from Texas. Steers and the other thing. I don't know the joke. You Sorry, neither of us get it. Damn it. Sorry, steers and queers. Steers and queers. Oh, there's only okay. two things that come from Texas. It's like there's only two things that come. There's only two things that come from Texas: propane and propane accessories. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so I appreciated that. There's a lot good. of good humor. Like all all of the military people in this game are made to look like the gigantic fools that they are. It's great. It in no way glorifies that life, and it's great. <laughs> good. It's fantastic. Yeah. Unmetal. Please, go play Unmetal. It is really, really good, I promise you. You will laugh. You will have a good time. You do not, not need... You don't need the Metal Gear Solid uh, experience to enjoy this game. The doctor lady looks very hot. She's very good. I like her. <laughs> cool. All right. Rhett. Hi. Hey, buddy. Oh boy, I just realized we've got both in the same podcast. Oh. Because one. I watched Castlevania. Oh, okay. We've got the other first half of that coming later. Uh-oh. Okay, so Castlevania, the show on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went through a bit of a weird journey with this one. Oh, oh my god, man. Let's so go. I briefly mentioned on the last podcast that I binged season one, because it's only four episodes. Mm -hmm. And it's a good promising start for sure, but it's obviously, it's just kind of a teaser because it's only four episodes. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. it's building the crew. Like, they meet Alucard at the end. They're, it's very clearly, hey, remember Castlevania 3? We're kind of <laughs> yep. we're kind of building that crew. Like, he's got Sifa and Trevor in there as well. Mm -hmm. We're building the crew. We're going to go fight Dracula now. And there's some good action, and there's some very, very like anti-church stuff in it as well. Yeah, like, we love it really that. Really blames yeah. them for everything. Yeah, love to much. see it because they uh, they kill Dracula's wife. Oh, and Dracula is uh, he probably mad about that? He's pretty pissed about that for real. I mean, it's a good <laughs> look. It's a good reason to be mad. Yeah. So uh, in response, you know, tit for tat, he decides to extinct, make humans extinct. Like, 100%. I'm okay with that. He's a little mad. Yeah. <laughs> so, season two, this is the one where John also watched. Yep. Season two is much slower. Mm. Season two is, like... See, I thought 
this was going to be more of an episodic kind of adventure show, like a you know single episodes, like little arcs, like like an anime, like you know the first mm-hmm. part of Full Metal Alchemist or something. Mm-hmm. It's really not that. Like season two has them go to the Trevor or the Belmont Mansion and go to the library and then stay in the library. Mm. For like four episodes. Oh, it's like the it. whole. I thought I remember it being most of the season. Oh no! I mean, it is only an eight episode. Yeah, season. like it's, yeah, oh, these, these okay. seasons are not your typical anime season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like they get there in the third one, and then they leave like two from the end, roughly, I think. But no, they are definitely there for a pretty large portion of. The... And then on top, so there's not much action happening with the main characters, which is a little odd, I thought. A whole lot of the show in season two becomes from the perspective of the villains, mm-hmm. where you've got, like, Dracula's whole crew has been dramatically fleshed out, whereas in season one it's just kind of off-screen and it's just him. Mm-hmm. They pull characters from the PS2 games. I oh, yeah! Them. That's wild, is when you, they start pulling so that lore. Yep. So apparently, <laughs> the, I glanced at the Wikipedia page for that, apparently it's like, oh, this was set three years after uh, Castlevania 3, so it is that same era, but I know nothing about that game otherwise, other than I saw, yes, Isaac and Hector, these two uh, forge masters that work for Dracula in the mm-hmm. show. And they, they, I mean, they explain it, but like a forge master is someone that can like summon demons from hell, mm-hmm. so he needs these two humans in his army, even though he hates humans, and he's got these two guys that also kind of hate, hate humans. humans. Yeah. And uh, one of them is just, like, completely fine with the whole extinct... Why do I... I keep wanting to say extinguish, but it's, like, <laughs> genocide. Let's, I mean, that's what it is, basically. That's what he, it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the other one is just, like, I'm more cool with, like, a culling of the population. Maybe keep everyone in cages afterwards for you vampires to feed on. Yeah. Like, his priorities are really strange. He's like, <laughs> I don't want to kill everyone. I just want to kill mostly everyone. Yeah. He's more reasonable. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have things to eat. Yeah. But Dracula's like, yeah, that sounds good. We're not fucking doing that. We're not. We're fucking, <laughs> we're fucking that, that killing whole, everybody. That <laughs> whole set of exchanges where Dracula, where he's like, are you gonna kill everybody? And Dracula's like, uh, no. And then later he's like, <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. And then the other vampires are like, won't we starve to death after that? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so then there's a bunch of other vampires in the crew who are like, this is not a good plan, realistically. Like, this is kill very us. bad for <laughs> us, actually. Dra- it's an extended... He's, Dracula's doing an extended suicide, essentially. Yeah. And then tracking I mean, everyone else in with him is the idea. That's the thing, is like, the show has a habit of kind of character motivations maybe shifting between seasons instead mm-hmm. of gradually happening during seasons. Mm-hmm. So a, a big thing in season two is that Dracula has actually kind of doesn't give a shit about the war anymore. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like, he killed a bunch of people, now he's just really still just kind of sad his wife is gone. And then Aww. he's very unmotivated to do much of else. Mm. He'll so lay, lay in bed and eat peanut butter all day. He really kind of does lay around for like most of that season. <laughs> being sad and mopey so the other vampires there's a whole arc about like them conspiring against him Mm. and like like there's this one main character a female vampire who i think is also from that ps2 game who 
is like, I should be running this show. Nobody can kill humans better than me, you know? <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of action. Like, a lot of the action scenes are in flashback. Like, hey, remember that time I killed all those humans? Flashback. Like, so it's never super, like, thrilling to mm -hmm. see, like, scenes from the past. And then the last couple episodes, or, like, the last two episodes or so, goes fucking wild. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. It goes... It's. It feels, like, too quickly, honestly, where it felt yeah. like there was no build-up for the Trevor group, where it's just like, hey, they we're just... the library and then climax. Yeah, <laughs> it's just... Immediate, out-of-nowhere climax mm -hmm. in a huge way. It's just like, hey... They play the music from the video game. Like, not literally, but it's, you know... Of remakes, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I finished season two, and I was thinking about it afterwards. And there's a really good scene with Alucard towards the end, mm -hmm. like kind of the big emotional climax of the whole thing, because you know he's fighting his father and all, and that's not exactly easy for him. Hey, daddy issues the show. Hey. And I was thinking about these two seasons afterwards, where it's like, if it had been a movie, then you obviously would have had to make Alucard the main character. Yeah. Because Trevor doesn't really have an arc at this point. Whereas Alucard kind of did because, you know, focus more on him at the start instead of like episode four of season one, like show his childhood a little bit more. Like there's a payoff at the end that kind of isn't set up. And mm -hmm. so it feels a little cheap. John it almost feels it almost oh yeah it almost feels like it maybe would have been better off as a movie where they would have had yeah. to actually like focus and maybe cull some of these threads yeah you know, and stop meandering for the whole thing yeah so season three mm -hmm. so season three is is one i haven't of, watched yeah so i'll be try to be as vague as possible here mm -hmm. but is definitely the worst indulgences of season two kind of pushed even more to the forefront oof yeah no i had i i will fully admit i didn't really have a great time with this one this mm -hmm. was hey i'm watching a show in english for once oh which means that's weird i can just listen and look at twitter oh that's kind of that's bad when you're doing a show like yeah. that that's never a good sign because there's even less until the very end okay the last, like, two episodes go even crazy bigger than season one did. Mm -hmm. You mean season, season two? Season two. Okay. They go even crazy bigger at the end. So, so the first eight, eight episodes, though, have, like, basically no action. And I think the few action scenes, again, are, like, flashbacks. It's just character positioning and talking and talking oh, and talking. No. And some people love this. Some people really like this one. I like Simple Gear. I don't like a whole lot of talking. I like a whole lot of fighting. You want this, this boy needs some punching, and he needs it now. Yeah. It's the first thing he's heading to now. at the party. He's going to the punch bowl. Nice. Um, I don't know. I don't know what hmm. this means to everyone in, in the chat right now. But this whole show is written by Warren Ellis. There's that it was too. A big comic book it was a big comic book author, as I understand it. Apparently, um, like this year, there was some sexual allegation stuff yep. that came out. Oh, forgot about that. Oh, so it's that sucks. So it's also possible that the recent season four is the way it is, is because they went, okay, show's over. We're yeah. t cut and run. Bail! Bail! Oof. So, okay. but... Konami's like, really we don't need that. more I, of this kind of publicity. It really is just really awkward, like, knowing that now. And every episode, like, 
has like a 15 second title card at the start and it's just written by Warren Ellis like his name is so for oh front no! forward compared to like literally everyone else okay i it's good that john brought that up cuz i wasn't I, sure I, how to i completely forgotten about it yeah yeah I was thinking of it in terms of, I remember people saying, this sure is a Warren Ellis thing, because it's yeah. got a lot of swearing and, and blood. I mean, the blood, I'm fine with. Sure, of whatever. Course. It's a violent show. The swearing just, and the, the swearing and the humor just feel so off mm. all the mm-hmm. time. Where it's just like, you have, you know, this gothic setting, and the characters will be like, Hey, fuck you, buddy. When you, like when you play those games, like they're speaking like very elegantly, yeah. uh, because they're they're reflecting like this idealized version of a very mm-hmm. specific point in time where people didn't go, Hey, fuck you, buddy, I'm walking there. Oh, there's just scenes of like Trevor and Alucard being like, Fuck you, no fuck you. Like what? it's really really weird at times. That does not I that doesn't work for me. I think there's a dick joke at one point. Like some of it's it's way out of some of it made me character. laugh. Yeah. Like I think the fuck you no fuck you. <laughs> Those did kind of make me laugh. But I get it. Yeah. So season three also has the problem of like the characters kinda all get split up is most mm-hmm. say it. And these threads they never really connect at all. Mm-hmm. So it's just a season of like six characters and you maybe get one scene per episode with each of them. Um, it sounds very Game of Thrones to me. Yeah. Like yeah. That was my takeaway when you told me about it. I was definitely like, this is just a soap opera at this point. So it's really, there's four main like groups. And then between that, like a couple characters are in the same location. So they'll interact. But like, the four core like stories that are going on do not interact in the season, which is kind of crazy because mm-hmm. it's just, Oh, so it's like, I was like writing it down. It's like, wow, this whole episode was just seen with Trevor, seen with Hector, seen with Isaac, seen with somebody else. End of episode. So like none of these episodes, I mean, some of them, there's like one episode that's like, has a scene with Trevor, then somebody else then goes back to Trevor. And I was like, legitimately shocked. Like, oh, this is a Trevor episode. Because I think the problem with those other episodes when it's like one scene per character is it's just... You you make such little progress yeah. forward in the story. Yeah. yeah. Like, they aren't... They're like the furthest possible thing from a standalone anime episode that tells a cute little story in 20 minutes. When it's just... Here's a five-minute conversation followed by a five-minute conversation followed by an eight-minute conversation. And usually by the end, that's when I'm starting to pull out the phone and be like, okay, what's Twitter up to? All right. Yeah, yeah. But that's or a bad, one point. bad, bad sign. Like if, I think if at like some episode... point I am watching a show and I at any point want to look at Twitter, uh, that, show yeah. is, uh, that show is in danger. <laughs> the mm. show... I spe- like right at like episode five and six was in danger. Mm. I was like... If I didn't know season eight was the end, I or might. Season four. Season four. four. Why, do I... yeah. why did you say eight? Okay, so the... here's why I said eight is because season one is four episodes. Four, season yeah. two is eight episodes. Yeah. Season three is ten episodes. It's also the longest one so far. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, could have tightened it up a lot there, buddies. This feels like a consequence of how the Netflix yeah. ecosystem works. Yeah. So it's like, we're. 
we're not going to release like episodes of television that are like good on their own terms. We're just going to drop 10 episodes and you're going to binge it and you're going to like it fuckers. Yeah. I really, I really agree with that. Where like, none of these feel like they have any interest in being episodes. It's just three hour movie or however long it actually take. Yeah. Yeah. So you get like, we have a beginning and end planned and then we're going to kind of spin wheels for a while. And this is definitely the most spinning wheels of all the seasons. And I say that after season two, which also had, had them a lot in the of library. Because the Trevor story in this one is they get to a village in like episode one, and that's the entire location they're in for the whole season. <laughs> and it's just and it's just like it's not even it's like an even smaller village than season one had, and it's just like, oh this is really it, huh? <laughs> this is really it, huh? So the way this season ends, though, is fucking ridiculous, because all like the four main plot lines all have a big moment, mm-hmm. and episode nine is just constant cutting between all four of them. Okay, where it's like one character is having a huge action scene, then this character is also in an action scene, then these characters are also in an action scene. It's just. It's like the end of Star Wars Episode One, where there were like four battles happening yeah, at once. Where you got yeah, it's a little it's exhausting. That, it's that's all Episode Nine, so it's like twenty-seven minutes long or something. It's one of the most exhausting things I've ever seen, and I've seen Simple Gear. Yeah, like you've seen like <laughs> loads of trigger things where they do yeah. like this is just commonplace. This it was such an exhausting climax, and then I think Episode Ten. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> exhausting climax well here's what okay here's the other thing that makes it really weird two of them are action scenes like two of the main plot threads that are hap- happening are, are action scenes the other two are sex scenes oh my god so it's extremely extremely weird cutting between awkward sex scenes and then vampires being killed there's no for like half an hour. <laughs> it's so much. It's so much. And I think episode 10 is like Trevor fighting a boss from one of the games. And it's pretty cool. Shit. Fuck yeah. Like, it ends strongly, but as a season, I was like, what the fuck? What that? happened here? And then season four, they did obviously kind of feel like they rushed a bit to tie it all together. Mm-hmm. But season four, they just knocked it out of the park, finally. Oh, they finally got it. (laughs) Yeah. It's just... I kept thinking, like, it's the Symphogear XV of Castlevania. Oh, (laughs) good lord. For something to get, like, a Symphogear reference, I feel, (laughs) is like... I don't know that you should hand those out like candy. I know. It just felt like... It's... Oh, I had a way of wording it that I completely forgot for some reason. Because, like, I forgot I'd watched Castlevania till like, an hour before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, I think it's just, like, once this season starts going, it just doesn't stop. Mm, like, that's cool. the main takeaway. It's like, once you're in, like, episode five or six, it's just like, by the way, the whole last half of the season is just escalating nonsense in a really great way. It just goes. And, like, it's not that it's slow at the start either. Like, the very start of season four, 
made me a little mad because it's like, why wasn't this just the show the entire time? Ah, yeah, the I start, feel that. The start of season four is Trevor and Sypha recounting like the last seven weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's just like they show what could have been the climax to standalone episodes mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, and then we went to this one town and then there was a vampire in the church and yada, yada, yada. So they show that action scene and it goes six weeks later, this other ep- ending of a storyline that they had then five weeks ago the ending of this story that they had like oh my god that sounds maddening it's just frustrating because it's like the point is to show that they're kind of exhausted with all these adventures they've been having but they are showing as little as possible it's like i would have enjoyed those adventures yeah i would have enjoyed if that was the show (laughs) if it was just a more standalone episode thing but that's just not what they set out to make but like at least we get that glimmer of it and then yeah, season four is just really good. It just... <laughs> well, because the other thing, though, besides that montage at the very start of, like, the seven weeks ago, c- cutting towards the present, all the action happens in the present. Like, there's not any... Oh, remember that cool thing that happened to us as vampires, like, a hundred years ago that you don't care about? Mm-hmm. It's all happening in the real time. Like, there feels like there are stakes now. Because, you know... I just really didn't like the flashback action scenes. Right, yeah. And, hey, those plot threads that uh, were separated in season three, they're finally starting to come together again. And, like, hey, this is all actually going somewhere. Yes. And, like, the climax with, uh, I think it's Carmilla, Isaac, and Hector is so good. (laughs) And then it immediately gets surpassed by the climax with Trevor, Sypha, and Alucard. Fuck yes. It goes. Hey, the ending stinger with, I believe, Carmilla and Isaac was very good. Yeah. So both the main threads pay off exquisitely. The final fight of the season is just absolutely ridiculous. Like, you have no idea how hard it's going to go by the end. Life is good. Excellent. All right, I'm probably jumping back in. Yeah. They have... The funniest thing about this show is that when they're doing the real huge action scenes with Trevor, Trevor, Sypha, and Alucard, is that Trevor is so obviously the weakest one in the group. (laughs) They just have so much fun animating her magic with Sypha. Sypha's magic is so ridiculous. And it continues to get more ridiculous. Like, they just have so much fun with her. the, The animators, I believe have said as much that they're like big fans of Sypha and that's probably yeah. why she gets a lot of uh, yeah. play in the show. But her magic is just so interesting and like it feels like they have a cool idea and then they go, oh shit, we can't have her do that every time because it would just win. Yeah. Like there's one part where she just like makes giant ice buzzsaw and cuts like 20 things in half just right instantly. That's pretty <laughs> wild. Is, yeah. So it's just like, why doesn't she do that every time? Well, okay, she she, she can't do that every time. It wouldn't be fun to watch. Cause, cause, because of mana limitations. Yeah. There they never go. actually bring anything like that up. They never say, oh, she's nerving herself. But it's just, she just Trevor, has have fun. sex with me. There you go. <laughs> no, they don't uh, do that. Sorry. <laughs> I think the one knock against season four is that they go so over ambitious with the animation fight scenes mm-hmm. is that they do get a little choppy frame rate wise. Uh... Mm. But it's because I've never, 
I feel like I've almost never seen something go as ambitious so consistently as season four does. Because, oh. like, a lot of anime doesn't have a ton of camera movement. No, no, camera movement's not something you see a lot of. Where this is just like, hey, we're doing, like, a whole shitload of nonstop 3D, you know, revolving actions. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know, I the know, camera's I know what spinning you're saying. There's a lot of dynamic yeah. camera movement. Yeah. So, like, I get where they had to cut some corners like they don't have a ton of key or in between frames but it still looks pretty good cool. and it's just it's so much so yeah and then it inexplicably really ties itself off nicely with no there's no sequel tease mm. nope. that's good that's good yeah cool what a cool <laughs> I'm very glad it's that a paid weird off. show I'm yeah. so glad it paid off at the end but mm-hmm. season 3 is a little bit to get through I, I told you, I think I told you, I was like, I, I like coming off of season two, even though I basically liked it, I wasn't necessarily in a rush to keep yeah. up with it season by season. Oh man, if it, if I'd watched season three, like when it, when season four wasn't there to follow mm-hmm. it up, I would have been like, man. Season four might have been a hard bargain. I saw, I was reading the forum, a forum thread about season three, like from 20, I think 19 and people were like. We waited like two years for this. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Felt that one in my Christ. soul. Yeah. Christ. I like binging shows when they're done. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah I'm, I'm that waiting on 86 and then Attack on yeah. Titan right now. Man, I had a thought about Attack on Titan the other day when I was like, January. Wow, I can't believe the final season is a year away. Oh, no. October. What the fuck? It's only two months away. What the fuck oh, happened? Oh, no. This year really kind of caught it up on me. It just fucking went. Man, it's realizing how close that is now. It was just like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. It's going to be like... What just happened? What, like, the last season is what? 20 episodes? I have no idea. Yeah, because if it's going to be 20, we're not going to be watching the end of the show until, like, July of next year. I still feel like that's going to be so much sooner than you realize. I don't want to think about it. As somebody that literally just turned yeah. 41, don't well, want to think about it. Don't think about it. Don't speak it. <laughs> don't speak. I know just what you're thinking. Yeah, so I was looking at the history on my anime list, and I was just like, why is there an empty week? Oh, right, I watched Castlevania. Jeez. <laughs> like, maybe not the greatest praise for the show Review. where like i kind of forgot about it a week later yeah i was gonna <laughs> say like right before we we went to air Rhett was like oh yeah i watched castlevania i just remembered i was like that's a little damning yeah. <laughs> oh well that happens i mean season four was just hay off brain candy action scenes mm. pretty much non-stop <laughs> catharsis god, god the carmilla payoff is so good oh my god i'm so here for it oh there's oh my, there's a crazy berserk reference in season four, <laughs> where one character just dons a suit of armor and has a huge fucking sword, and just goes to town, just like, like the biggest baddest ass Dark Souls Zweihander sword like sword, just swings it and like cuts six people in half at once. It's very good. I'm here for it. Like I okay. dig that. Like, do you think that that yeah. was uh, was that like 
Like, what, what season was that? That was in season four. Yeah, I'm wondering now if maybe that would have been a sort of a, mm-hmm. a, pay, a payoff to you know, dude that died. He wrote, oh yeah. Oh, I, gotcha. I don't think so because I have to imagine this was in production a while. And maybe, maybe it's kind of. I think it came that. out in March. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, he... yeah. He was, yeah. That would not have. Yeah, wasn't sure. Okay. I mean, hey, people have been making Berserk references for a long time. Yeah, well, I <laughs> it's mean, it's pretty I mean, popular. Deservedly a little... so. Like the reason, yeah. Berserk, yeah, like it literally is one of the main influences here. Like of everybody that's in animation, yeah. anime, or manga. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. Given the timing. I wasn't sure when this was produced or anything like that. Yeah. I think March was definitely beforehand, though. Mm. I was just like, oh, man. Hey, maybe they could handle a Berserk anime that, that apparently nobody else can. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Because those... Not great. Has, for such a prestige series, it has such a weird, poor track record yeah. with anime adaptations. Just like the old, just like just the, the one, manga. just read the manga. The, the one good one, but then it doesn't have an ending. Mm-hmm. Like it ends like at the worst place possible. Yeah. As I understand the, it. The, yep. I watched the three movies. Like there's a movie yeah. trilogy. It ends in the exact same place yeah. as far as I yeah. know. That's so fucking weird. Like they don't know how to go. And then there was the really bad one that I think is the one that goes past uh, that Oof. moment. Yeah. Just just, just read, read the manga if you want your berserk. Mm-hmm. I like animation and music, though. I get it. Look, go turn on your record player. <laughs> They're a Berserk light novel. There you go. Get a Berserk light oh, novel. There you go. Because I can't do manga somehow, but... <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, so I guess that's the transition to John. All right, cool. John! What have well, you been doing? You been we got doing? a very easy transition there, because I want to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles X. Okay. Oh, that's boy. a video game. It's maybe the most video game. Yeah, no, yeah, like it is so video game. It's so video game that it has me afraid of Zeno. It has me afraid of Xenoblade Chronicles too. It's so video game. It has an Ubisoft logo. It probably should <laughs> give it. Like, I bet you open that game's map and they're like, man, it just barf so many icons. They literally fly out of the TV screen at you. It is incomprehensible. I oh god icon barf does it to me every time i can't so the the things that i think make this meaningfully differentiated from like other open world stuff is that it's very fucking hard and a lot of the stuff you have to figure out and a lot of the icons that you are wanting to do don't come trivially Mm. like the like the towers like there's a very early tower that's like right in the middle of everything and it's just on top of this giant giant mountain you can't possibly get on top of and it's like okay we'll figure that out in 40 hours um the developers then, were like see that mountain you can you go there yeah you can't climb it yeah mountain you, you can fuck see that mountain on that mountain <laughs> see the mountain you can go there but you're gonna have to fucking work for it oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah is the is the theme here and also um when you run into an area with hard enemies they will destroy you i mean that's absolutely kinda, mercilessly that is the zeno thing is that yeah. you're yep. gonna find and like you will find enemies just out and about yo like here's this level 89 tomato oh cool <laughs> i'm dead the tomato just fucking killed me <laughs> the um you can access all five areas right from the start you can walk to all five areas which is wild 
Um, so it's just a very big open thing. World. Um, <laughs> it's open it's world. a very big open setting, a very big open <laughs> land to explore. Um, open islands in a grand sea. Um, and I think that if you are going to go into this game, you should want to explore the big open world and have fun doing that because that is the big appeal here. Yeah, you've got to be wanting to do that. There is no going in for, I'm going to play the JRPG for story. No. Which, Which I, I think, think you can you do can. with Xenoblade. And Xenoblade 2 is the one I was going to say. Yeah. I think you can do it with those games. Probably even more with Xenoblade 2. Yeah. Um, this one, nah. Nah, 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 nah. You need to be here for the Explorer. You need to be up here for the MMO number grind. Like, that is the game. There are 12 story chapters. They are all, like, 20 to 40 minutes. So, the rest of the game is side shit. Oh, Is exploring. Oh, boy. You'll get, and then each of those, each of those chapters is gated with like, mm, explore 15% of the first continent or like do 15% of the, the, the quest, the icons. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, those, those requirements never get ridiculous. I actually never hit once I, um, after like the first one, I was always hitting the number requirements before every one of them. And I was like, usually like subconsciously them. you're going to be exploring anyway, because you kind of have to. Yeah. So you're probably going to hit those things. You'll grind without realizing it basically. Yeah. And like the, the more, the more, the more you can hide the fact that I'm grinding from me and like, while I'm going out about <laughs> doing my business, the better off we are. I think the game's real good at hiding the grinding. For That's the most good. Part. That's good. Um, the only real grinding I did throughout the meat of the game was like, I would find some monsters that were like tw 12 levels higher than me, but I could still kill them. Mm -hmm. So I would go, I would just kill them and then go up two levels, two or three levels in like five minutes. Nice. Just like, Oh, okay. And that feels really good. Cause I feel very rewarded for poking around. Yeah. Um, so like the, the pacing of it honestly felt great to me throughout. Hmm. Um, and when I'm exploring on foot, the, elevation plays a huge role so mm. you're constantly like trying to find a new like you, you know where you're trying to go but you have to find the way up there and that's actually that's the actual challenge yeah, yeah. which i think is really cool um in in zelda like that's my other triple a open world touchstone like i just put a bunch of points into climbing so like by a little ways into the game i could just climb over basically anything yeah um, there was not ele elevation kind of ceased being like an obstacle. a meaningful obstacle. So that mm -hmm. made the whole world feel very flat to me. Mm. Whereas this game does definitely does not feel flat. It feels very like the shape, like the shape of the world actually matters to navigating it instead of it just being the map and going towards that icon on the map. Um, All the story bosses you have to, you have to, be very leveled up so you need to do you need you want to explore and level up between missions um i i think the story itself was like pretty pretty good pretty fine um like i feel like there's a couple dangling threads in this one that there weren't mm. resolutely were not in xenoblade one mm. for it mm. ends with like a five minute big revelation sequel tease thing what mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and then there's like to Xenoblade X, not to whatever's going to happen Xenoblade 2, but oh. the un- undeveloped sequel, the Xenoblade X. Oh. Um, which does not exist and may never exist. Yeah. I'm going to laugh if they actually do a Xenoblade X2. But that that was the idea when they were making this. We're going to make Xenoblade X2. Oh, oh boy. Xenoblade Y. Xenoblade Y. <laughs> and and they 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 dribble a couple threads throughout where they're like um like they they just put, somebody points out it's weird how we can all, we all speak the same language. Wait, no, you're speaking my language perfectly. Uh-oh. With weird accents. Uh-oh. And then they never refer to it again. Oh, what? that's... Uh-huh. And it's something to do with this planet, and that never comes up again. Oh, oh. that's weird. Yeah. So it's not a lot, but there's just a handful of things. There's a couple of things where, like, they have this very cool boss fight with these new characters, and then they just kind of leave after their big set piece, and then they never come back. Oh. They're just gone. <laughs> Maybe you didn't explore the world enough. Maybe they're out there maybe but i think what the deal is is that they were like we'll follow back up on that (laughs) um it's not necessarily like it's not that it leaves things like the the language thing was the only thing in the game up until that dumb sequel tease that felt like a dangling thread yeah the the cat people thing was more like in xenoblade this would have come back during the climax in Xenoblade 1. In Xenogears, yeah. this would have come back during the climax. Here, it's just a, it is dropped. Oof. Um, and the climax is very, is pretty small, ultimately. Um, like, there's no final dungeon. There's barely any dungeons at all, actually. Um, it's satisfying. I think it, it tells the story that it's trying to do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if Xenoblade 1 was about having the will to make a change, to, to create your own fate, the will to about, power. <laughs> then this is about having the <laughs> this is about having the will to survive in the face mm. of basically creatures that just inexplicably want you dead, and then surviving in the face of that. Mm. Um, and the, that theming resonated with me. I actually I felt pretty good about how the everything wrapped up. It still it still felt like a Xeno game ultimately, just the- just a smaller one. The turn from how mad about the grinding you were to the climax was very funny to me. I mean, I was just mad because I, I, I had a shitty week. And Look, I was man, like, I get mad at video games on Twitter all the time, oh, but, you can't, but you can't hear my tone when I'm mad. Um, <laughs> it's like, if you've ever heard me be fake mad on stream or on a podcast, uh... that's what it's supposed to sound like. I'm not really mad. Boy, Paul, you tweeted some stuff this morning that made me so profoundly sad. Okay, okay, look, that one, okay, I was really pissed off about that one. See? And then you immediately (laughs) say, this specific time I actually was extremely mad. This is the one specific time where, like, the tone would have been, I'm literally screaming right now, and people need to get out of my way because I'm going to start throwing computer monitors at everybody. I felt pretty bad. (laughs) You felt bad. How do you think I felt? True. <laughs> I felt I felt a little bit chuffed by that. Rhett, here's why I was mad. In Xenoblade, I got to the end, I got to the final boss, I was able to make it past every single preceding obstacle, and I got to the final boss and got my shit kicked in. And I didn't <laughs> yeah. succeed. And then I grinded a little bit and then I fought him again and still got my shit kicked in. And then after three hours of grinding 
and Googling some strats and changing the way I was approaching it. And then I won and fought him again. And then I won. Yeah. Xeno Gears. I got to the end. <laughs> oh, God. I got to Deus. Oh, God. And I got my fucking shit kicked. Yeah. For making yep. it through every single other obstacle in the game. And then I had a friend send me like a five paragraph guide. Go here. Grind these. These grind specific the enemies. These, oh, these my enemies, God. And then buy these items and you'll be able to. Yeah. And you'll be able to. Um, shit can deus and I grind it for three hours and then I beat the final boss this is just a I consistent got... theme so I got to Xenoblade X I got before chapter 12 the final chapter and I said aha I know how Xeno games go <laughs> I'm going to do plenty of prep work before I fight this loss that way I can win it and then I grinded for about three hours and oh I felt pretty God. good about it and then I went in and fought the boss and I got my shit kicked in <laughs> Then I screamed on Twitter, <laughs> and then I put the game down for the day, and then I went back to the next day, and then I grinded it for two to three hours, and I got the level 50 mech, and then I went and kicked the final boss's ass. What's the so opposite even, of euphoria? <laughs> so even knowing, even knowing this is what's going to happen, and then, I, and then doing it ahead of time, I have to fight the boss before I can get and get that disappointment, <laughs> that despair, then I can grind and get the three hours in. Right. So that's how obviously that's how I need to do it with following next Xeno games. Also, almost no. all of them I finished it at like fifty hours on the dot, which is very funny. That's really good. Yeah, right. I can pretty much promise that's not going to happen in two. Xenoblade Xeno two. two is like a baby easy game. Way right? easier. But it has, it has loads of systems though. That's it fine. I can deal with the systems. I just, it's just they're hard. The combat is just much more flashier. Hey, numbers, explosions. Not but there's like anymore. all these fucking like, yeah, the like gauges weaknesses and, the and gauges yeah. and comp. Like, what the fuck is all this shit? Well, I, I parse Xenoblade One and Xenoblade X, so I think I, I you'll feel probably be fine. But as somebody who has not played those games in their entirety, yeah. when I looked at like when I've watched people play Xenoblade Chronicles Two, and I see all these gauges. And these weaknesses and these things that they're exploiting, and there's like 12 gauges on the single enemy that keep track of, my brain is just like, what is this? I never really followed the whole, like, specific weaknesses or like, oh, do this combo to lock this ability. Right, I was just right, like, yeah. I do fire, then I do water to make steam explosion. You and just, then I do lightning to do... You I have know, a rotation. Yeah. You have an in yeah. rotation. Well, you know what? You know, there's something about Xenoblade x Ret. I did never actually figure out how healing worked or how reviving what? dead characters worked. What? Hey, I think I know why you had such a hard time with the final boss. Because <laughs> I didn't ever get those abilities myself. What? I didn't really pick characters that had them, so I just kind of was like, every now and then people will get healed or revived, and I didn't really understand how it worked. I was just kind of like... Were you not I'm familiar sure with the holy trinity of tank, DPS, healer? I did not consider anything along those lines while playing the oh game, no. Oh, you I see, that, they, of... those games basically stick to that, like, very slavishly, actually. Yeah. I'm sure I did. I'm sure it was fine, just extremely hard, and not that I didn't know how to play the game. Look, it's fine. John <laughs> got to the end of Trails in the Sky SC before he figured out how Orbments worked. It's fine. It's fine. If anybody's going to get through a game, if anybody, if anything's going to prove that modern games are baby video games that you can literally just grind your face into concrete and still finish, it's John Thayer and Dark Side Phil. <laughs> oh, God. 
um, it was nice coming off of Trails from Zero, which was which felt very easy to me. Uh, mm. It's like okay, because every every story boss for a while was a roadblock until I figured out where places good places to grind, and then I was like, mm, yeah, I've got this game in the bag. And then I did, and I got to chapter nine and ten, and I got to chapter nine, and I did not have it in the bag, and I got to chapter ten, and then I freaked out on Twitter because I, I did not have it in the bag. And then I did chapter, and then I got to chapter twelve, and I did not have it in the bag. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I think I told Polly I was like Xenoblade has half as much story as Xenogears, and then Xenoblade X has half as much yeah. story as Xenoblade. Yeah. <laughs> so like, this is one you really X, X would you never be, be the game for me. That would never be the game for me. I, I didn't until I was near the end. I didn't realize like this one had substantially less involvement from. Um, Takahashi, yeah, compared with Xenoblade and Xenoblade Two, so I, I think that kind of comes through. I think this kind of feels like the most like gamer one. <laughs> um, the I kept expecting there to be some turn where maybe landing on this planet and immediately like strip mining it and murder <laughs> animal you can to get resources and get stronger. I kind of thought maybe that would turn out to be bad at some point. Oh no! They don't ever follow it is, that. It's never touched on. Uh, it is completely good. We're just trying to survive, y'all. I mean, that's PSO basically. <laughs> yep it, it never touched on. It's just nope. That's the way it goes. And the evil aliens are pretty much just evil, which felt very <laughs> weird helps. coming off of Xenoblade. Um. Yeah, jeez. It's like I feel like whatever complexity was there, like they they throw around these a couple big sci-fi concepts, like just enough to make it not feel like the game dicked you around. Like there's enough story here to not feel like it wasted your time. Right. It's right, not right. Breath of the Wild. No. Um it's it I it left me satisfied in a in in the base in 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 the in that sense, but like the I feel like the essence of Xenogears is felt very faintly in this one, mm. even relative to Xenoblade. Mm. So the, I, f- I feel pretty certain that I, as much as I like this one, yeah, Tom brings up the Mimius homes. Like that's a cool, that's a cool little sci-fi plot term. It's not like deeply explored or anything. It's just kind of a big idea they throw in there for fun flavor. Um, the twists at the end are kind of like okay, you tried. I appreciate that. Um, but there's no big core that I think Xeno there, there, there wasn't the, the, the surviving thing was kind of the big core theming and I don't feel like it landed anywhere near as strongly as the big epic romance in Xenogears or even the, um, the kind of the, the make a choice theming in Xeno, like Xenoblade is just basically trying to be Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Like at, at a million miles at a thousand miles an hour, um, and, and that part of it really resonates with me, even though I don't care that much about the characters. Um, Xenoblade X is the weakest in that respect, I think, mm. by a large margin. It is the one I had the most fun playing. Right. Kind yeah, of right. kind of by far. Because Xenoblade 1, like, I felt very little incentive to engage with the side quest stuff because you would get to the boss. And once you got past the boss of an area, the next area, the rewards there would be so much better grander that you wouldn't want to keep grinding in the preceding area anymore so like 
it felt to me like in Xenoblade 1, the ideal strategy was to get to the minimum level of power you needed to beat the boss and then leave that area forever yeah. and then get to the minimum level of power you need to get the boss. And that wasn't, that didn't fit the exploring nearly as well as it, as it fits in Xenoblade X. Xenoblade X feels very, um, it feels like it, it, it all fits together. Like in Xenoblade 1, I was sometimes thinking like, what if this was just like a Super Nintendo game? I could like that you lose the scope of those environments, which is obviously like breathtaking. Yeah, but like it kind of feels like it would maybe make more sense that way. And Xenoblade X absolutely depends on the scope of its world in a cool way where yeah. it works. Getting the mech feels so good. I figured that would getting be the f- yeah, like getting getting the that has to be feels so good. If they had borked that up, it would have been like the biggest disappointment ever. Oh my god, like talk about flattening out the world, but when you get that flying mech, it is just it's exquisite. Yeah. It's like this huge endorphin rush after walking everywhere and, and having to deal with the elevation for the whole game. So like it would be stupid if you got the mech immediately. Yeah. But as a payoff as a late game payoff, it feels just extremely good. Mm. So that's my my Zeno journey continues, but I I I need a I need a, need a, a Zeno break, time. huh? I, no, I'm gonna, I'm saying I need the next Zeno. I need to do Saga next because I need oh you just I need, need one more. of the real weird ones. Yeah, oh yeah, those are yeah yeah they basically just visual novels with a little bit of RPG in them. <laughs> Good, great. So that's per- that sounds perfect. Like like episode three is probably the most JRPG yeah. in terms of that's the one people like. Yeah, that's like the like that, I think it's the best PS2 JRPG myself. Awesome. But episode I two thought... that's gonna be that's gonna be a thing to get through. I, I'm oh. ja- I'm jazzed for one. Like I, if I one if I is one... fine. I still like that game as a game. Yeah. I think it's fine. Like the only thing I think is weird about one is I think like the combat animations are way too slow. Mm. Yeah, and there's no music. And that, well, yeah, I don't I, mind. I don't mind the fact that there's no music in the environments. That's just a me thing. Like I thought mm. that was actually an interesting way to present that game, even back when I first oh. played it. And I still liked it replaying that game in subsequent playthroughs. Uh, I don't like that there's only one battle theme. Uh-huh. Yeah, that one's a little weird. Yeah, like even the I final boss it. is just that's the battle theme. Are you serious? Final boss? Yeah. Yep. Zeno, Zeno, <laughs> Xenoblade X was the first one where they didn't feel like. The oh, there boss is a final boss theme. Okay, was... okay, there's a final boss theme. I was misremembering. Okay, weird. People keep saying that. Um, Zeno, Xenoblade X is like the first one where the boss theme does not out- outstay its welcome. Because in Xenoblade, you get to like this massive like end game baddie, and then it's just doing the same boss theme yeah. from the Tentacle Monster ten hours in, and then Zeno Gears, you get to the end. <laughs> And it's playing the same the boss theme, yeah, right up until the very last phase of the last boss. God, I, I love read Nino that thing so much. I, I read that thing about Xenosaga not having music, and I thought they were joking. No, <laughs> like there is like it's completely inscrutable to me. It's just in t- environmental sounds for most of that game, like Weird. the in-game dungeons, like everything is just like ambiance weird because they were talking about how good the music in xeno saga 2 is Two, like i mean i i made that whole mix for yeah. Xenosaga saga 2 um yeah. and xeno saga 3 is amazing soundtrack as well um 
Yeah, they, I think they learned the lesson. I don't think that they could have gotten away doing every game in the series that way, but I think it really works for episode one. Uh, dope. Yeah, my, my expectation is that I'm going to really like episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I have very I have measured expectations in terms of it, just like that st- that style of like PS2 RPG isn't necessarily my favorite. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to leave me pretty decently satisfied. And then I'll know that 2 is weird. And then yeah, I'll know two that 3 will be real oh good. Oh, boy. Yes, Gameplay-wise, 2 is just kind of oof. Yeah, that's the impression I get. Doofa. Xenosaga 2, more like YouTube 2. Yeah, I did. And then I, I played it anyway. <laughs> you played it anyway. <laughs> I literally YouTube the rest of that fucking game halfway through it because I was tired of the fucking combat system being the same thing over and over. And then That's when I knew you and, can't drop a game. And then, like a day later, I just picked the fucking game back up and started playing it again. And then two days later, I'd finished it. Even though I YouTube the rest of it. That's so fucking funny. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> God. You have to know. I have Just to... like you going back and turning back to hard mode and doing the final dungeon of Trails again. Yep. Just like, okay, yep. fine. I'm going to make sure I can do this. I'm so... God, why do I do this to myself? There was there was a an option to turn down the difficulty on boss fights in Xenoblade X. I did not make myself... Mm. I did not take advantage of it i really was tempted you didn't turn on game journalist mode (laughs) (laughs) polly i love polly red i love xeno so fucking much i don't know how this happened it's like in the last year yeah like the last year i mean i'm not gonna complain i mean that just means it means hopefully you're gonna like three of my favorite games i know i'm very excited for saga now i'm very jazzed it was either Jump into Xenoblade X or jump into Xenosaga. Saga and I kind one, of wanted yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, and I kind of wanted that more gameplay yeah. focused thing. Yeah, but now I'm real pumped for Xenosaga. Cool. And that's my and that's my whole segment. And I'll just yeah, be right? patiently waiting for you to play Xenoblade Two. That's that's the impression that a lot of people. I I I, I made that joke about it's very nice that Z, that they made four weird Xeno games and three normie ones. <laughs> So that you can alternate and not get bored or exhausted. Um, and then a friend was like, "I think Xenoblade Two is pretty weird." And no. and I and I wanted to kind of make I wanted to poke fun. I was like, "It's in Smash Bros." Yeah, it's, it's not um, that weird. Wait, Shulk was in Smash Bros. First. That's Xenoblade is also one of the normie yeah, ones. Right? Yeah, that's also a normie <laughs> one. Like uh, that game's pretty normie. It's very it's okay. very good. I like it a lot. But yeah. That, that I was thinking that those are the terms I was thinking. Of. There are a list. Of, there's a list of streamers that I follow, and when certain people I watch play a game, I know that they're playing it, and it's like, okay, that's a normie game because they are <laughs> they are super duper normie. <laughs> Weird. Xenoblade Two is the one that made me go, oh, this is actually just a Super Nintendo game, like reskinned in 3D. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, fuck yeah. Or maybe God, maybe a so Sega CD RPG. I'm glad they made. It sounds like they made the level smaller, which sounds really nice. It's way less about exploration, more like, hey, this is a pretty background. You can run around it, but you know. Oh, awesome! I'm here for that now. The, the story's I'm over here. I'm. I remember people complaining about that, and I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I think I've had my fill. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how someone would get to the end of Xenoblade One and Xenoblade X, and then be like, I need more of that. Uh. I, see, I haven't played X, but they are so comically large in they are so Xenoblade. Big. 
big. I got to the end of X and I'd explored like, I, I mean, I got all of the towers done, but I'd still like done like 25% oh of the stuff. <laughs> like it's absurd. Yeah. Xenoblade always felt like they made those maps and then scaled them up 500% yeah. to show that you're very small. Yeah. <laughs> like some like of you're fortresses. a borrower. Yeah, no, seriously, like some in some of the like the Mechatron fortresses where it's just like this is literally made for creatures that are like three times bigger than you. So so everything just feels absolutely way too large and it takes forever to run across. It's like a fucking it's like a normal RPG dungeon but then every but then yeah. they just shrink you. They shrink. So you're a little mouse running around to this normal yeah. JRPG town. The whole game feels like that, That's but especially awesome. like the mechanical areas. When you get to the town at the top of the first mech, like, and it's just comically massive, and there's yeah. like a hundred NPCs everywhere. That game's so wild. For you know, it's so on weird. the fucking Wii, they did that. Yeah, on the, the, the Wii. It, the fact that they pulled that off on the Wii is so astonishing. That hey, the fact that I could emulate Xenoblade, it's a 2015 game, and have it pl compl play completely silky smooth. Um, it feels like a testament to like the CMU developers, but it yeah. also feels like a testament to a Monolith Soft that they were that it's like the the it's completely transitionless. You just go across this whole massive oh, world. Yeah. yeah, like they pulled that and, off, pulling that kind of stuff off on Nintendo hardware. Uh, yeah, on the that, Wii U. Yeah, like, that's pretty crazy. Like, flying across this massive map and having it be completely smooth. Like, it was, it was so amazing. Ugh. Hmm. I mean, TBH? <laughs> My brother is being, a, being really weird about, li about <laughs> liking... MCU shit and was like oh no and was like actually mad at me what like he prompt he prompted me to he kept prompting me I, I made a I shared a joke that was I, I, I this thing that was screen rant article the green knight proves we need a King Arthur cinematic universe mm -hmm. and I thought that was funny because green knight is like a weird art film yeah yeah and I shared that in the chat and then he just started kind of pressing me like what would be bad about that would be bad what would be bad about oh <laughs> no and i was like i don't I, I, we've talked about this over and over and it's just like he's fucking it, it, i just don't like the mcu y'all i think that's i okay. have no interest in the mcu whatsoever oh so my I God, they, relate. Can, they make solo movies about every night of the round table yeah <laughs> lance a lot yeah i don't how about lance a less Tom says, "Is it? It's okay. My brother's trying to get me to watch What If. Is this like a normal thing? Does everybody just it have feels, people like what is everybody? But life? There's brain worms with this shit. I swear to Christ, there has to be something subliminal going on here because everybody I know that is on this MCU shit is on it in a way that they have to drag you into it. And if you don't want to be dragged into it, it becomes a fucking thing." It's like a, it's like we're, it's like it's a problem. Yeah, we don't like care. you are, like I feel that when I say I don't care about MCU shit, I'm like, like that these people are like later in a chat somewhere else going, I don't know, dude, Polly's little problematic lately. <laughs> this is the next MCU arc. It's the brain worms that 
corrupt people watching like, TV. It literally has to be a thing because everybody I know gets so weird and fucking indignant about this stuff if you don't care. Okay, good. I was like, that's what, that's why my, my break ran long. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Because I just left that one chat and I don't have time for this anymore. I'm not good. No, thank you. So that, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up. It, it feels like, because it's such an investment and I feel like there's yeah. extra, there's like some extra insecurity about this is, well, this is a real cultural institution this is important this is this is it's a big big deal this you gotta is, be a part you gotta and care so, give it value come on you giving this value gives me life so that, that i feel good about giving billionaires loads of money for this bad mediocre entertainment like he doesn't care about xenoblade and I, it's not a big deal so like i just that's the a thing, is like, when people want is... me to give a shit about things like this, there's never any goddamn give either. It's like, okay, fine. Like, it happened once where I played Persona 5 because somebody agreed to play through the Trails in the Sky games. They put that on themselves. They said they'd do it if I gave Persona 5 a go. But it's never the case with these people. They don't want to, they, like, man, we're going to go back to that whole indie game thing, aren't we? Where oh, indie, devs, indie devs don't want to play your indie games, but they want you to play theirs. But it's a very similar thing where people that are invested in this Marvel Comics mediocre bullshit get all pissy, but, like, they don't want to give and take. They just want to foist their bullshit mediocre entertainment on you because they don't want to be alone. And, and, and like, they, I think that they realize what they're watching is mediocre, but they're so fucking invested at this point, but they can't act, or li they can't act like they are. They have to act like they enjoy the shit being actively shoved down their fucking throats. Holly, why don't you want to join the conversation? Do I am. Do I look like I want to be a part of any conversation? Okay, next okay. week for next episode, we're all gonna watch Squid Game. All right, let's do so it. We can be on top of things. I, I when people kept saying Squid Game, I swear to God, I thought, well, is there like a Netflix Splatoon show now? That'd, I legit that'd probably thought, be kind of cool. Because I first saw VTubers talking about Squid Game, and I was like, they're joking. They mean Splatoon. Right, right. I legit thought, oh, they got permission to play Splatoon. Mm -hmm. I, man. Yeah. I get hot about the MCU stuff because people, like, it, JoJo and MCU stuff. Oh, God. In particular. Like, people, JoJo. people get up my fucking entire asshole about all the time. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not there with it, okay? And you, hounding me about it, ain't helping. And then they get mad because I'm the bad person. I'm problematic. I don't like MCU. Throw me away. Throw me in the garbage. Where's the trash can? I'll insert myself into the nearest trash receptacle. Rhett! We're going oh, to was... save my next segment for last. Oh, because see, it's, it's a thing that if people don't want to hear anything, you know, we'll right, talk right. about it and that. So, uh, Rhett, we'll jump to you and then... Okay. Uh, I watched more anime. Oh, I'm big surprised. Big surprise. Uh, so I briefly, very briefly, last week mentioned that I'd watched uh, Lupin the Third, the woman called Mine Fujiko, mm -hmm. and did not like it that much yeah. by the end. Yeah. So funny thing about that series, though. So that was the first Lupin TV series in about 30 years. Mm -hmm. And then they did sequel movies to it that aren't connected to, like, the actual proper main timeline. Mm. 
So there's three movies right now. Jigen's Gravestone is the first one. I'm looking them up right now. Second one is Goemon's Spray of Blood. And then the third one is the third one is 2019. Like these are still pretty recent. Pretty recent. Yeah. I remember I remember when I looked this up, like there were only the first two. The third one is called Mine's Fujiko's Lie. Mm. And there are these like three hour long movies. Oh. And I actually like them more than the main series. That's cool. Like, I just watched all three in one night. Just like, hey, this is a thing I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that they're supposedly in this one timeline because I think that's really just because they are R-rated and there is still nudity and some yeah. pretty gnarly violence. But, like, the art style isn't the same. Like, the TV series has a very distinct, like, kind of shading style that they use. And they drop that and just kind of make it look a little bit more like the regular stuff. And then I thought the stories, like these self-contained little hour episodes, were just pretty good on the whole. And there's one crazy thing. The end of the first movie ends with the tease where they reveal a character who is, like, appeared in a 1978 movie. Oh, jeez. As, like, a reveal. And it's just, like... And it's weird because it felt like a a character I'd seen before because I think they probably... Like, you know the children in Akira look kind of weird? Oh, yeah. I think this is the character they might have been, like, inspired by. Oh, that's crazy. So, But then, that's the first movie. He doesn't appear in the other two. Like, they are building out, like, a whole separate... Maybe they will eventually get back to that or not. Because the third movie, even though these are, like, primarily standalone, the third movie does reference the first two right. in small ways. It's funny that there's this whole separate timeline, but and now, I just Jetstorm's got a name in the chat, Mamo. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I looked yeah. it up, and it was just like, "Wow, that is a pull for sure to make in like 2015 or whenever it came out." Like the f- weird thing about the newest movie being 2019 is that it's after parts four and five have aired on TV, mm-hmm. and part six airs like this month, I think, starting airing. And I do want to mention one thing, is that one of the characters, Jigen, has been voiced by the same guy the entire time. Yeah. 51 years. That's a, that, that's a, that's gotta be a record. That might be a record. He actually did just retire, though. They yeah. did part six, episode zero, is gonna be his final episode, and that, that just came out. Yeah, I, I know that, like, though. I know that, like. Charles Martinet got a thing for being a character long for a long time, but I think that was just video game uh, yeah. exclusive. But this dude, I think, is just literally the yeah. longest of a role has ever been filled by one single voice actor. It's cr- he hit fifty one years, like that's crazy. Yeah, like I guess at the end of that special episode, they hold up a bottle of wine. It says like vintage nineteen seventy one. Hell like, yeah, fucking, that's fucking crazy. That's wild, man. So, props to him. He was born in, like, 33. He's been voice acting for 51 years. That's so fucking wild. That's awesome. Uh, I watched another show, uh-huh. besides those three movies. that I, I can't really talk about the plots of them a whole lot, because, you know, it's Lupin. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's it. kind of a comfort food series for me, where, like, it's never great, but it's never really it's never really bad. Right. You know, it's just very solid character archetypes. You got the thief, the samurai and the gunslinger and yeah. then the girl, the girl, <laughs> the girl, is, the the girl. girl. <laughs> that's the thing. 
That's why I think the Fujiko series disappointed me so much is because I wanted her to become more of a character. Than just the and, girl. And they totally don't do that. And no. she's still just... The and she's the sexy one. Yeah. Like, her whole thing in the stuff that I've seen is just... And she shows her tits. Yeah. Because she's a girl. And Lupin gets horny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I've still not seen anything that really made her an interesting or dynamic Unfortunate. Character. Yeah. Uh, I watched another show. It was called Iroduka, The World in Colors. Mm. And this will be another quick one. I finished this show and I thought, wow, that was the best 7 out of 10 I've ever seen. Oh, man. Those are always... <laughs> man, 6 and 7 out of 10 shows yeah. are just the hardest to talk about and to, like, correlate thoughts that are more than... Yeah. Yeah, you know, that was, like, a, an okay three and a half hours of my life. But it was so weird specifically being, like... Yes, this was a very good seven. You will never touch being an eight because Ooh. there were too many problems. <laughs> like, what show is this again? Iroduka, uh, the World in Colors. Okay, it's not. I don't think it's particularly well known. It aired in 2018, and probably nobody cared. I literally um, never heard of it. Yeah, I'm looking I, at it. I've been watching anime for like a solid like two and a half months now. I'm starting to have to dig a little bit. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like it sounds like you've kind of you've feasted on all the good stuff, yeah. and now you've got to kind of like run your, your I mean, bottom jaw along the bottom of the trash what, can. That's and, where that's where all these picks were coming from. Scrape your bottom teeth along the bottom of the trash can. I mean, it is kind of satisfying looking at like my plan to watch list, and it's a bunch of uh, airing or not aired yet, and I'm right. like, yes. Oh. I'm getting caught up. Freeing. Like, it's freeing. Yeah. And there's, I have stuff I'm looking forward to, like Attack on Titan, like, uh, you know, some other shows. Mm -hmm. I think there's that Time Machine, the Tatami Galaxy sequel. Like, yes! Or that'll be something, hopefully. That'll be great, hopefully. But yeah, when I'm, I'm digging back to, like, random rom-coms from 2018, like, hmm, okay, mm. you're... We are at the bottom of the barrel. We've reached it. I mean... Definitely not bottom of the barrel, but this show was fine, but it was just like, it's got a funny pre premise where it's like, there's a girl and she lives in like the year 2078. It's mm -hmm. the future. Mm -hmm. And she, her grandmother is a witch and sends her back in time. Oh. And she just kind of does it without like warning her that she's about to do this. Is there a reason for this? It's like therapy basically but also the grandmother meets her back in the past like i think it's a whole predestination thing where it's uh... like well i know that you got sent back to this time so i'm gonna have to do it 60 years in the future so here you go bye bye and she so it's weird because you've got the time travel premise mixed with a sci-fi premise at the start and then also they're witches and no magic but nobody right. else knows magic these two it's like the main girl is very depressed is basically how you could say it. She sees in black and white, like she have some trauma and she just doesn't see colors in the world. Okay. It's like, it's like dude from a silent voice only sees people with X's on their face. So something yeah. like that. And then she meets a boy who's an artist and oh. she looks at one of the pictures he's drawing oh, okay. and she sees colors Color in the drawing. I fucking love. I immediately started whittling up, Rhett. So that's like, that's the first episode premise. 
like when she saw color at the end of the first episode in the drawing, I like started crying. Oh and my I was like, god! I was like, this show's gonna be great, and then it kind of just doesn't live up to doesn't get what it could have been. Brutal. It's just, it's just way more low key and like subtle about things. Mm. It never really goes for big emotional gut punches. Mm-hmm. And like some of the arcs just really feel like they go nowhere. Cause again, it may have worked better as a movie and not a 13 episode TV yeah. series because then they start introducing a whole bunch of other characters and they've all got their own problems and just feels like it really it gets to be distracted a running theme here. Yeah. Yeah. It really kind of got distracted from that main arc of this, the boy and the girl. Like, there's a whole side plot where, like, this other cool boy has a crush on the main girl, and he confesses, and she shuts him down. And then the girl who has a crush on him is like, oh, I'm, I'm mad about and sad about everything. And they she reconciles with the main character. And then she never actually confesses to the cool boy. Huh. She's just like, I'm just fine with how things are now. And it's just like... It's I mean, there's so nothing un- wrong with that. I mean, that's a totally fine way. That's a totally fine conclusion to arrive at. But, it, but in terms still... of drama and like being yeah. a rom com, it just kind of like falls a little flat and a little too grounded for what it, these things typically are. I know. I think that's maybe the biggest problem is that it ends up being a lot of it is a little too grounded for a premise that is time travel and science yeah, and magic. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that. There's feels so much. Like you could do so much with this. There's so much fantasy in anime right at the start than having a character arc end with I'm not going to confess because I'm still scared of rejection. And then she just ends the show still pining for him. And it's just, okay, that kind of just went truly nowhere. Rhett, let, me in a circle. Rhett, let me help you. I'm going to uh-huh. do, do me a favor. Okay? Go watch Toradora. You want a good oh, rom-com? Yes. Just go watch a good fucking rom-com. Seriously. Oh, have you not seen Toradora, Rhett? I dropped Toradora. <laughs> you what? I dropped it. Oh, I, it's so good, Red. Yeah, you well, like fine. even even I'm the one that'd be like, look, that like I I am somebody that was dead set against never watching that show and hating it. Yeah. Somebody somebody people are fucking weird and they spite buy things for you. I got that <laughs> for Christmas one year. Somebody spite bought oh. it for me. And then I was like, fine, fuck it, I'll watch it. And literally in tears by the end. Like, yeah, this is actually really good. Fuck! (laughs) I can't deny this. Because, like, I was just like, I don't care about a show where the main girl is just gonna be a fucking tsundere and beat up the boy. But that's actually not... Like, this show has that. Like, Toradora has that. I won't fucking say that it doesn't. But there's... There's a Same lot going Louise. on. There's a lot going on with this okay. with these two characters and the way they kind of just get sort of pulled toward one another that's actually really genuine and sweet. Mm. Yeah, if you like Familiar of Zero, I feel like Torador is a way is like an even more fleshed out version. <laughs> what if I don't like Familiar of Zero is the uh, problem? Uh, oh. I think it's better uh. than Familiar of Zero. I would say it's better than the Familiar of Zero anime. I think maybe that was what pushed me away. It's like, oh, this feels like the same character at the it's start. It's the same VA! <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah. she voiced... Every Sundere from like she 2004 to 2012. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's also the main girl in Hayate the Combat yep. Butler, which yep. I... But she's not a, like a, really a romance in that, which kept it... She's just a bitch. <laughs> yeah. 
And she's like way mellower in that one compared to like Louise. Louise is like a 10 and everything else is kind of shades lighter than Louise. Toradora is like a 7. Toradora yeah. is like, she has 7 to 10 moments, uh, but she's actually really not that bad. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, they, they get a lot of it front loaded, but you start seeing a change in these characters as it goes, mm. and it's actually very, very genuine, I think. Mm. Yeah. See, I, I, I was... Like, I can think so back to moments in that series still, and I've not seen it in a long-ass time that's still mm. just like, oh, God, that still hits me really hard. The fucking, mm. yeah, the mountain retreat, just, oh, <laughs> oh, the skiing trip. Yeah, that, that, oh, God. Yep, it, yep. I'm not going to watch it right away, but I will put it back on the plan to watch list. Like, give, it a, give it another it shot. Like, it sounds like you need some, need, need, to, need some filling in, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you don't want to have any more anime to watch. Unless you want to just, just be like, okay, there's nothing else. Oh, no, there's there's always more anime to watch. Yeah. And I know that that one is very, very well regarded. Yeah. I just got really put off by the first couple episodes. It's understandable. Like I said, they front a lot mean. of that. She's really mean at the start. Yeah. But it's a very, very, like, okay, look, we get, you got through Nagatoro, right? Yeah. And she's kind of yeah, like, she right. was kind of really awful those first couple episodes. <laughs> Yeah, you mean the best part? The best part? <laughs> before, before it got boring? Wow. <laughs> the thing that was funny with Nagatoro for me was, like, I was completely fine with the first few episodes and the bullying, and then once it became, like, the blonde girl, I was, like, not okay with it anymore. Is <laughs> that how she reacts, too? She's like, Yeah. No. No. She's mine. But yeah. there's scenes with, like, the three other friends all bullying him at the same time, and I'm just... That's when I was like, oh, this is this is more uncomfortable. There's no playfulness now. Now they're just actually being mean. Yeah, but, like, they actually come around. Like that, They do, but at the very start, I was like... Like, when you got uh -oh. them, they're very much... Like, like I think that those two friends... Act, those two friends actually end up being characters I really enjoyed. By the there's end. the one with the huge shit-eating grin. Yes, like, perpetually. she's so good! <laughs> I really hated her for the start. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, like, again, like, they start out coming from a place of, like, not understanding Nagatoro's bullying this kid because she likes yeah. him. Like, they don't mm -hmm. get that. Yeah. God, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, like, yeah, give Toradora another chance. Give it some time. Let it let it get into its groove after a few mm -hmm. episodes. Uh, mm -hmm. Because it really does go to a really sweet place. Okay. And then, like, and also, like, shift your perspective and recognize that her being really mean to him at the start is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and you should actually really like that, too. Okay. <laughs> Look, just watch the show, all. pretend you're John for a few episodes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm being facetious. That's obviously okay that you don't. But that's not your thing. But it did make me laugh a lot. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about this show, and then, oh, we barely still talked about the show. Yeah. <laughs> Just got hijacked by Tori. We're talking about Tori. Well, that's okay. Tor I think we turned it into a much things. better conversation. No, for sure. But that's that kind of says it all about the show. Yeah. Like, like, I kept we, waiting for, like... We, we the, turned to something else. <laughs> I... Oh, God. They put, like, the main relationship between the two leads on such back burner... That it doesn't really come up again till like the last episode, right. and I'm just that like, feels terrible. Come on, oh, there's a thing they set up that they don't pay off in the last oh. episode that I was really frustrated by. 
like I'm so I'm such a mark, okay, with emotional emotionally manipulative stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I could see the ways in which this show, if it just went for it, could make me sob super easily. And they just don't go for like any of the low hanging fruit. Aw, like you don't have to do much to get Rhett. You don't. And they just like, again the first episode, as soon as she saw color in his in the boy's drawing, <laughs> I was like so in, tears in my eye, let's go. And they just don't capitalize on it at all. Gura, I just saw color for the first time. Let's fucking go! <laughs> it's an okay show. It just feels like it could have been more my thing by going a little more anime with it. Yeah, and I'm just saying, why eat steakums when you can go have a nice big 16-ounce porterhouse? Fine. There you go. <laughs> I like steakums, by the way. I'm not gonna throw. I'm not throwing dirt at steakums, yeah. but if you give me the option of a nice big steak, guess who's eating a big nice steak? Not Rhett, because he's vegetarian. I'll eat it for him. <laughs> I'm like, that's the weirdest, worst comparison. <laughs> Look, what a, a nice juicy uh, salad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Imagine a nice juicy salad, the biggest juiciest salad. That's Toradora. Perfect. Yeah. Just like, just like a bunch of ranch and like ranch and like um. Oh, not ranch! Get that shit out of here. Oh my god! I meant, I meant to say ranch. I'm so sorry. A lot of ranch and then like bacon and baked chicken on top and just nope. like a real good oh, like nope. Cobb salad. I hate oh. ranch so much. You hate ranch? I hate it. Like there's a oh, whole they, like there are a number of jokes in Poly Dungeon about how much I hate ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, can like I do Darius one... or Ranch? Yes, you can. You can, Ranch. Can I do one more real Absolutely. quick? This, this one... <laughs> I'm it. so sorry. This one's going to hurt you a little bit. I watched Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, Solid State Society. It's probably not going to hurt me very much because I, I didn't, didn't really like yeah. it at all. I didn't have a super high opinion of that movie. Okay. I, I mean, I, I probably gave it like a 7 or 8 on yeah. MAL. I think, you, I think it's an 8, but. Uh, as like it's just an extended episode of the show that yeah it's not super satisfying it doesn't have as much time to wind up uh you know the way like it it yeah i think the story of the ps2 game was better yeah mind yeah, control yeah. rice Thank you. what was the so there was the ps1 game and the ps2 game which was the one you really connected with i like the ps1 game like the ps2 game is just like they just re they just reskinned oni if you ever played that game, that oh, was like gotcha. a first-gen PS2 game called Oni. That that standalone complex game uh, on PS2 is just a reskinned version of that. I'm very oh. convinced. The PS1 game is super interesting. It's it is a very that's, interesting that's what with like the wall climbing. Yeah, right? it's the one with like okay. you're 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 a Fuchikoma and you drive around <laughs> and, and you like crawl on walls and shit. It's wild. Or PS One, yeah, that yeah, sounds it's a pretty, it's a great game. I love that game. Huh? Cool. Cool. Yeah, I don't have really anything else to say about the movie. There's very little action. In yeah, it. it's it's it is a Talking Heads movie. It's, it's very a much Ghost Heads in the, movie. It's very much yeah. Ghost in the Shell Two Innocence, except Ghost uh, in the Shell, except Ghost in the Shell Two Innocence is very pretty. Like I, at least oh, that, that's. It, at least you have those pretty backgrounds and stuff to look at in Ghost in the Shell Innocence, whereas mm. like Solid State Society is just very drab and 
look, it's a bunch of talking and uh, some very sterile backgrounds. Definitely a whole lot of, I don't feel like I have a full grasp of what's going on the it's, entire time. Yeah, it's it requires kind of a, a, a watch or two to kind of really get it. And <laughs> even then, I don't think it's that great of a story. Yeah, that's the, that's the real problem is I'm not sure there's much payoff to. No. Nah. It, it got happened. the it got the bump to eight for me just because it gets that ghost in the shell bump. But <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I I plan on watching the original movie at some point. That original. So, Don't watch the two version. I think I have the original because they did a version where they like they reanimated a bunch of scenes with CG and they're yeah fucking dreadful. I mean, if I see CG, I'll know. Yeah, Oops, like, abort, one. abort, abort. Get that fucking shit out. It's garbage. Uh, that movie's they, real pretty. That movie's they, great. Yeah, they took a real pretty movie and they fucking special editioned it. it. Fucking ugly. Alright. Is that, is okay. that, is that anime, a, anime adventure? Yeah, Alright, John! What else you got? Uh, I just read a bunch more Konosuba. Ah, good, good. <laughs> a whole bunch. A whole fu- Dude, hot. you've read, what, 15 fucking light novels since the last episode or something? I have read seven Konosubas total. That is no. a lot of Konosubas. It's very good. I started another light novel because I was waiting for my more Konosubas to arrive, and then the seven <laughs> remaining ones arrived, and I'm oh like, okay, finish this God. first volume, and then I'll read the, all the other Kon- mm-hmm. I have I have the rest of Konosuba now. Not is that like the, all of it? Is it done? There's three more volumes that are released in um, Japan but aren't localized here yet. They're on a schedule. They're going to come out. Good. Um, Good. But if I, if I get to the end and they're not out yet, I'll probably just um, – they're fan translations online. Uh, I'll just buy them as they come out. Like I'm not sure whether um, I should just buy them or borrow them from you at this point because I, like <laughs> I like Konosuba a lot. So I feel just like I think I'd probably feel good investing in that. Well, if I if I um yeah, I mean I'll be I'll be here to inform you all how it pays off because like I'm very pleased with how it's progressing right now. Nice. Um, I feel like the first four volumes, which comprise the first two seasons, are a lot more like kind of all right. Here are some adventures. Here are some hijinks that we all get up to. Yeah. Um, and then sort of starting with volume five, they get a little bit more like. Well, volume five is the movie. It's the Megamine volume. Yeah, like this is the this is the one where it, this is largely about like Cosma and Megamine and yeah. their and them and their relationship and it has a really sweet payoff at the end. Yeah, like they even captured that in the movie very well. Like you definitely got yep. the sense that these are characters that are actually growing uh, together mm-hmm. in a way that's a little more intimate than things may have started. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, like the the moment of like just. Put put the skill points into advanced magic, Cosma. Man, that card. actually fucking got me in a way that I was <laughs> not like, expecting. Like when I completely I forgotten it, and I read the book, and I got me at the end of the book I too. Could not believe that this fucking comedy anime like actually get hit me with the like hit me in the heart with a left hook right there. Like, God damn it. Yep. Yep. Um, and then they continue that because yeah. volume six is the Princess Iris volume. Oh, we all don't know yet. Ah, volume seven is the dark is a darkness volume. Oh dear, mm-hmm. <laughs> your crops are flourishing. <laughs> your crops are flourishing. Um, so I I was like, I'll just say, 
broad strokes here. Like, I want to know what is Kanasuba? How do they will they handle the princess of the whole country? Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, they have the the magician who can only use explosion, <laughs> and they have the crusader that's mass super masochistic and can't attack. So what? And they have the useless goddess. What is the princess going to be? Yeah. The answer is that she is just the sweetest cinnamon roll possible. Aww. <laughs> Knowing this series, my immediate reaction to that is then, and then they all corrupt her. <laughs> like that, that's like sort the of. obvious, like, how do you not go that route? I mean, sort of in like a very, but like in a cute way where it's like, where it's like somebody who has li- lived a sheltered noble life. And is curious about the world outside and then gets to know about that stuff through Kazuma. Yeah. Like, good, good, good filter to learn about the world through. Everybody else is just like, oh my God, this fuck, this fucker. (laughs) (laughs) This, this, this idiot is just, is just, like you said, is just like corrupting her. Yep. Just like, just like, tell me more adventure. Tell me more stories about your adventures. Well, this one time. And then it's very good, and the yeah. relationship is very sweet. And then it it continues a very something it's very good at. I think is that it's very good about building up Cosma, and he'll do something cool, <laughs> and then he'll get a really big head about yes! it. Yes, and then he'll come slamming back down to earth. <laughs> I love that about like, I love that about the show as well. Like it always happens like 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 they give him the moment, but like he runs way too far with it. You play with fire, <laughs> you get burned. Like it it's refreshing. There's just like there's like uh, multiple things where he's like ex- there uh, like there's just a hard cut where he is boasting about an extremely cool brave thing he's about to do to all the nobles. Hard cut, next chapter, he's dead <laughs> talking to Eris. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, waiting to be resurrected. <laughs> and it's just, like, perfect. It's just like, mm. That's so good. And then when he, and then he does, and then he, then he rounds out the, vol- the volume with, like, doing some really cool shit, but in such a way that he cannot benefit from it at all. <laughs> so it's like, Yes is perfect i i i feel like i i feel like the series is like constantly playing with this this um balance where they're like kind of sincerely leaning into like harem stuff essentially yeah obviously yeah and sincerely leaning into and then this self-insert boy does a bunch of cool shit Mm mm-hmm and then undercutting it with a joke or like yeah. undercutting, like they'll build up a very dramatic moment and then like perfectly undercut it with a joke. Like in, in the first season when darkness takes the curse spell, <laughs> Megamine and is doomed to die in seven days. And, and is like tearfully, everybody's like crying. And then Aqua just scoops and sacred dispel. It's and so, it's gone. <laughs> like all of that like shit like like that series is so fucking brilliantly written it feels like yeah there's there's multiple moments like that in volume six and seven which are the ones i've watched read that aren't animated mm-hmm. and the darkness volume just crops flourishing yeah there you go there you go i love her so much <laughs> 
Um, I think the really interesting thing they do with darkness, especially is like the way they develop their dynamic, like Cosma and darkness throughout. There's always like a line they're paying attention, at least later on. Like I know there's some issues early on. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Where the dynamic wasn't maybe necessarily hammered out. Yeah. Where they're like kind of always playing with this line between like, fun distress and then okay but actually don't shack stop yeah 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 and i'm not and i don't necessarily think it's like perfect with how it handles it but the way that it, it kind of juggles that mm-hmm. and the way that um the drama in the in the seventh book plays with darkness like no i actually don't like the situation would like to be out of it and then and then the whole party party helping her in a really Aww. sweet way um, and like people just getting her and loving her <laughs> for who she is. And I mean, that's ultimately a lot of what that show's about is like everybody kind of being these imperfect kind of people and then like learning to kind of just get along with and love them anyway. I feel like that's constantly there. I feel like you even get that in the show Absolutely. where these kind of misfits kind of band together because, you know, not just out of the sheer fact because they're all assholes and, you know, they're all really <laughs> just big, gigantic idiots. But it's uh, like they've also got their own weird little hangups you kind of learn to just get over. They feel like there's a positive message there somewhere. It's really, like, I think the, I think putting the skill points into explosion is sort of like that big moment there yeah just like hey we love you for you be you dog please please just be you that's all we want yep and i absolutely see that in the in the subsequent volumes and i'm really excited to see how the larger story kind of progresses Mm -hmm. um because i i I think this transition into like sort of a little like a little bit more character drama but like still always undercut with a joke yeah um Mm -hmm. They just, it's making me really happy. They're, they're, they're so, like, pick up and readable. I chewed through the, the Darkness volume in a day. I would say, yeah, it sounded like it, yeah. Like, they're just, mm, they're, it's it's almost, like, not that much longer than just watching, like, the equivalent animated chunk of the show. Oh, that's rad. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm really loving this, and I have all the rest of them at my fingertips, so I'm probably going to... I might just keep reading, honestly. Yeah, I mean, why I not? You're on the journey. Might as well take mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I started reading. I started reading one more. Um, just empty box in the zero with Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll follow up on that. But like the 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 one thing there that I like is that it is just like pure visual novel cadence oh, to the writing. Good, good. Or it's like good present tense, like the way the way just the way it's written, mm-hmm. and I'm just like. I, I remember making a joke at some point where I was like Googling books as good as Higarashi. <laughs> and it turns out the true bookstore he did. So that's been very. That's you been roboted very nice. real hard there, and I didn't yeah. catch any of it. The, um, the, the true bookstore. The, the. Well, I was looking for book Googling books as good as Higarashi. And then it turns out they were here this whole time, uh, just waiting for me. <laughs> so light not the light novel journey continues i also have um the first ggo volume on my shelf oh nice um, mm-hmm. i'm pretty i'm i'm it feel i don't know i feel it's it's a kind of media excitement i haven't felt in a bit where it feels like a whole world is kind of opening up to me 
uh, in a very in an exciting way. It's not so a that's... video game. It's not watching something. You are feeding your brain with words. Well, <laughs> no, it's literature, man. Don't worry about it. It's good. There you go. <laughs> Everybody's like, people play video games. They don't read enough. Well, you solve that. Absolutely. I, I I got through the rest of my Goodreads challenge very quick. Yeah, I was through seven volumes of Konosuba. I, I was Believe wondering about that. I'm yeah. like, I knew okay, most of that was books. probably Konosuba. Twelve book challenge, you just read twelve volumes of Konosuba. Yeah. Yeah, I might be I, I had um twenty four was my goal for a couple years and then I went to down to twelve for twenty twenty. I like cut it in half in twenty twenty. Be nice to yourself. One, I was like, yeah, let's keep it at twelve. But did you even hit twelve last year? I did hit twelve last year. Okay. Um. God, was there was there something there? I bet there was a cheat. There's some kind of cheat to that. <laughs> Let me check. Oh yeah, I read five Darth Vader volumes. Oh my god! Comic at the start. But. Yep, that's that's it. That's my. All right. That's my current media journey. All right. Hopefully. Well. There's, well, there's a big one. Big. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Uh. We're not gonna like spoiler cast anything here, so no. we have um, we haven't finished the game. We so. haven't finished the game, but I understand that if you don't want to hear about it right now, if you don't want to hear anything about Metroid Dread right now, um, we'll give you a chance to oh, go ahead out. And, and all right, see you later, John. We'll give everybody <laughs> a chance to parachute on out of here safely. Deploy your parachutes, and we hope you land safely. Uh, we hope there are no EMMIs where you land, because, man, good luck on those QTEs, my dude. You done. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, man, Metroid Dread. Uh, man, that's a... Oh, boy. Um, hey, Rhett, where... Uh, you just recently started... Like, when, you I started don't know this where last night. either. Yeah. Like, look, it's a fucking Metroid game. Uh, and, and the yeah. setup, and, and dread is the setup. Like literally, the whole point of this game is that you're you're the hunted, kind of, not in very specific areas. In very very specific, <laughs> like that's kind of like the the, the the deal here. The how they have to kind of make this work. This is like not like a, a Resident Evil two thing where you know Mister X can kind of just follow you all around the police station. Yeah. It's more mm-hmm. like there are designated EMI zones. And you kind of just have to wiggle your way in throughout. You gotta have to thread the needle into these, in and out yeah. of these zones as you kind of work around the facility to get your, your powers back. Uh, you basically you, you you get to this new place, and uh, because Samus has kind of been sent, yo dog, we got X, we found him. You remember the X from Metroid Fusion, the game <laughs> that nobody remembered existed oh. when this game got announced. The fact that this game has to start with a very detailed recap a, of Metroid Fusion. My god, yeah, they do a ba- like an entire recap of Metroid Fusion up front. Like, like in visual novel scene- format here with Samus narrating. Like, it's yo, okay, hey, Metroid Fusion starts with a five minute visual novel. Not but I'm pretty like, sure like some of the drawings in this feel like like rescaled up not rescaled, like redrawn HD versions of like Samus getting her new suit in that game. Yeah. Like, like it's really paying homage to it. Yeah. Like they're leaning into like, look, this is actually Metroid five, which is weird. Cause I don't think that they actually flash they Metroid don't five. Don't fucking put it in the game. Like in that the... bothered me because like <laughs> yeah. every other Metroid does it. And they did not put Metroid five at the start of this. I saw people like legit mad about that. Like my biggest flaw is they didn't put Metroid yeah, five. Like, in I wanted they did that in, in the there. reveal trailer. Yeah, they did it in the reveal trailer, but I wanted it in the game, and I was real mad when they didn't do it. 
So yeah, it's Count so cool in Fusion when it just says Metroid. Metroid Four—that's 4. the first thing you see when it loads up. Metroid Three is the first thing you see when Super Metroid loads up. Mm. So yeah, the fact that they didn't do it, but yeah, she gets Action Nintendo. She gets a, uh, a a video that like there's X out in the wild again, and like those were supposed to be no. those are supposed to be completely exterminated by the end. Yeah, she blew up a whole planet. Yeah. to do it. But she ends up getting video of one out in the wild, so she goes to this planet. She lands, and some shit happens, and she wakes up, and she's lost all of her shit, and like, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? And uh, you don't know what happened, but you know that you got to go. Yeah. You got to do the Metroid thing. You've got to go get mm-hmm. all your powers back, and it's, you know, you, you do the Metroid thing. But like, basically, <laughs> the big deal of this game is the EMMIs, which are indestructible yeah. robots that will hunt you down mercilessly. Uh, they're capable of one hit killing you once they got you. Um, they can sense you. Uh, the way they chase you through. Uh, these areas, is very, it seems very dynamic. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil the magic, you know, because I, I kind of know how they work now. Um, but, like, when you see them kind of crawling through vents and pushing themselves through tiny little holes or, like, and they've got this big cone of vision they use to detect you. Um, so, so, like, basically it's like, you go into an EMMI zone and they will be somewhere pre-generated um, and that sometimes changes and sometimes it doesn't. And they'll be patrolling in the area trying to find you. And then you've got to thread the needle to the next area you've got to get. But if they find you, you go into alert mode and the exits to the EMMI zones get shut down. <laughs> so you've got to hide. And they give you a number of ways to avoid detection. And, and like, to be honest, it's actually pretty generous with, like, once they've kind of spotted you. Because you are still very mobile in this game. Uh, Samus is very fast. You're so fast in this game. Like, everything about this game is unbelievably fast. Uh, like, I yeah. thought that Zero Mission was super fast and, and almost to the point of feeling kind of jittery and, uh, and, uh, a little, um, start and stoppy. This is kind of like Zero Mission if it was a bit smoother and had a little more gravity to it. Or, or maybe a little less gravity, because I think she's a little floatier now, uh, than Zero mm-hmm. Mission, but... Um, but yeah, like a lot of this game is really just kind of centered on that whole idea of these indestructible enemies that can kill you. Um, and we'll talk a bit more about them a bit. You can kill them. Uh, the game has a very scripted way for you to kill them, uh, which is a little silly, but they had to, they had to think of something, I guess. They got like this aim mode, like you, you, you find an Omega cannon and then you have to shoot them in the face with it. To like to, to heat up the faceplate, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Um, and then yeah, you, the first time the tutorial for that, I was like, "What? What? Because you don't have to do the very first one. You don't have to have do it. it to the first one because he's like already damaged for some reason. Yeah, and then the rest. Yeah, and then the rest. So you have to melt the faceplate off, and you have to do so by like going into this third-person aiming mode where you're in like the. Like it switches from two D to a three D sort of view. It's kind of like you know, guilty Gear, the newer Guilty Gear games when they do like the specials and this camera will kind of swing around. Yeah, it kind of does at like a forty five degree angle, so you can actually see for- further forward than you normally could from yeah. a two D view. Yeah, it's and really it, cool. It's actually I a cool say. thing. It feels really weird aiming it at first. You can't just like up and down aim. You have to hold the direction that she's aiming. So if you're looking right or left, you have to like first hold right or left. 
And then you have to go up and down while constantly holding that direction because you can't just, like, up and down. Like, that's why I was confused for, like, two minutes oh. trying to figure out the aiming. Like, I just instinctively just pointed the analog stick. Oh, I, see, it. I was just like trying to aim it up and down, but it's like that's just the sharp angle. So it was just like up, down, up, down. Like, <laughs> how the fuck do I do this? Salmon fuck, Samus fucking blasts this thing into the ceiling. Oh shit! I only had one shot. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Feels good. Um, but uh, I mean, it's just so far. Like I'm like uh, six and a half, seven hours in, and yeah. like, look, it's it's a good one of these. Like I don't know that. Like, like, you're never going to get another Super Metroid or anything, like, yeah, specific like that. And, like, Metroid games don't... Like, like, despite the fact that they have a lot of things that are in common with one another, it's still a series where every game is still pretty wildly different. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that this game is what it is, I, like, I don't look at it as, like, oh, it's not like Metroid 3. It's not like Fusion. Like, it's its own it thing. Like, it sounds like it is a lot like Fusion. In yeah, of, in like, a lot the, of ways, spicy it set is. pieces, it, 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 or, it, not spicy. Um, the the chase sequence set pieces. Yeah, the set pieces are are like like but if you don't like think about how they're working and you don't kind of watch the patterns and you don't drill it into your head, the magic probably won't be a little lost for you. Uh, but mm-hmm. I just kind of like I kind of watched how those things play out and how they chase you and how it determines what it's going to do, and I kind of think I've got it mostly downloaded. So. We'll see. We'll see. I've still got a bit to go, and I've still got a couple remaining, so we'll see. Um, I definitely had a moment of, like, he's near the exit I want to go to, so I went to one corner mm-hmm. and just started shooting, like, I'm over here, I'm over here, over and then kind of hop down. Jump up, go. I, for me, it was specifically, like, jump up, take the long route around, mm-hmm. get to the exit. It was like, oh, that felt pretty cool. Yeah, like, like the, it does. It feels really good getting out of these rooms. Yeah. The chases in Fusion were, like, very scripted oh, and set. Oh, yeah. PC. Mm. Where this is like it actually is like genuinely dynamic to a yeah. point. Yeah, there is a chase. You have to get away. Um but yeah, the only way you kill them is that like you get this specific weapon. There's basically yeah. a cutscene weapon. Cheesy. Uh you get the Omega Cannon. Uh <laughs> and you have to like go into that side aiming mode thing and you have to aim up and down and you have to like shoot it with a stream of energy until its faceplate <laughs> melts off. And then you have to charge the weapon and then blow his head off. I think the point there is, like, it is still tense when this thing that can yeah, really kill like, you is coming at you. Yeah, like, it still lunges at like, It's still lurching at you really slowly, yeah. but it's just like, oh, God, come on. Fucking charge faster, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, having to do two shots, I get, because yeah. it's a little stressful. Like, oh, God, he's he's getting really yeah, close. I like <laughs> that idea. I like that idea a lot. Uh, I wish the controllers were the controls were a little more yeah. elegant because I don't understand why I have to hold L to be in my aim mode. I have to hold R to charge the weapon, and then it's I have goofy. to pre- and then I have to press Y to fire. Why can't I just release R to fire? It when, that's how every other charge attack in the game works. Yeah, <laughs> because at that point you don't even ha- like there's no confusion because you wouldn't even be using like the the energy spray anymore because you don't need to melt the faceplate off. Uh, but if they catch you, unfortunately, oh boy, you're dead. You're dead. Like there's a, there are, there, there, like there, there's a cutscene that will play where the game. I'm just gonna say it. I, the game actively lies to you uh, and tells mm-hmm. you that there's a chance to avoid this, but I think it's just bullshit because 
it's inconsistent <laughs> in how countering works with everything else. Because there, everything else in the game has a melee counter. Like, a, a lot of enemies that attack you melee, you have a melee counter, and they indicate to you when they're going to attack. So you, you do it. There's a flash. And then you attack with your melee attack. Boom. You counter the enemy. It's, it feels real good when you do that. Um, Ollie, I, Ollie hmm? I promise you the counter on them is real. <laughs> they give you two chances. I know! I know! Red, I've played <laughs> this game a lot. Trust me. I know. And I've hit it a few times. But okay, here's okay. the thing. Here's the thing. The way the game presents this is when you see the flash, you press the button. That is not how it works. It's really, you have to feel it and you just have press to. before you see it. And the problem is, there, they are, change the time. there are four animations, two left and two right, depending on which side you get caught. And both animations have a point at which the thing will flash to indicate, supposedly, when you're supposed to press the button. And it's wrong. It's wrong every time. Uh, but the issue that, with this is not the fact that the QTE is wrong. It is that they, every time that cutscene loads, the window with which you have to press the, the counter button actually changes every time. So it's not consistent. They present it to you. They present it to the player as something that you can learn so that if you mess up, it's your fault. But what they do not tell you is that the timing changes every single time. And I feel that that is, that is bad game design. That is like when you actively lie to the player and you put something on them that's really not on them, I think that like that is, that is not good. And like I don't enjoy anything about like, like I, I, I just wish that if an, with, I just wish that an, when an Emmy caught you, just, just kill me. I don't care. Yeah. Like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Yes, I've stunned it every now and again. The success rate is about, like, 5%. Because you can't know. You don't know where the, where the window is going to be, and it's literally only two or three frames. Like, I've had moments where it would catch me, I would miss the first one, and then the second one is when it opens its faceplate and sticks the, uh, the spike in you. Yeah. I have had to, I have had <laughs> I have had moments where like the mask would literally be halfway open and the spike would already be out. So the timings are fucking they're wrong. They're either wrong or it's just like this isn't something you're meant to actually do. I mean the, okay, can I can I offer a counter here? Absolutely. You can offer a counter. When the, when the game tells you about this, they literally describe it as absolute last ditch effort you're basically dead like they say it's extremely difficult to do i get it but i like the, it's the it's the they, moving they, the time it's the moving the window for me like it could like just, if they wanted it to be frame perfect i would take that if you want one fucking frame to hit this fine mm -hmm. don't but fucking don't, but change, don't change the, it, yeah. don't change the window that's where it's really unfair i think the wording is like they say extremely difficult to pull off. Yes, they like they flat. basically say a lot of times like, look, like encountering these things is ninety nine percent death. You're done. Yeah. Like I so get it. You're That's hitting. Fine. You're hitting those odds. I. It's. I, it's just a way that it's presented, and they act like it's a thing mm -hmm. that like if you miss that timing window, it's your fault. When it's there's literally no uh. way you can know. Like, that's my problem. Like, the game, you are literally lying to me and saying that this is something that I could cons feasibly, consistently do. When it's not. 
But other than that, it's fine. Yeah, that I like, sense. like, <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of wish they just did a shitload of damage and let you go. Like, have a cutscene where Samus is able to get away. Yeah. Because yeah. I think the instant kills just kind of... Having it, it be is... an instant kill and then having to have checkpoints constantly yeah. when yeah. you go into the zones yeah. kind of reduces the dread, I think. Yeah, it really does. It it, it takes away the dread. Uh, it kills the pacing. Uh, like, if you yeah. kind of get into a... Like, if you get a particularly bad spawn... Like, I've had I've had them appear just, like, right when I go in the door and they immediately yeah. spot me. I was like, boy, that just feels real bad because there's not mm. a lot I can do in that situation. Um, so it's not a perfect system. Uh, I don't think that the, the the QTE stuff is bad enough that it ruins the game. Uh, it's the part of the game that I dislike the most, however. Um, I have a feeling it doesn't come up for the final boss simply because I saw somebody say they beat the game without ever doing it right once. Oh, yeah. I, I like Somebody told me that like the countering that does come up late in the game is just normal enemy countering, which I yeah. can do very consistently. It's really forgiving. <laughs> It, it's not as forgiving as, like, fucking other M's dodging. I mean, okay, Where you that's can literally just tap the button for 200 minutes before the enemy attacks and you'll still dodge. But dodging in that game is literally, like, yeah, 100%. Because you could just spam any direction. Yeah, any constantly. direction. Yeah. You didn't have to matter about timing or direction. Just press the D-pad and you'll, win, yeah. you'll dodge. Yeah, the parry in this game feels really good. And there's not, like, there's not a bunch of enemies that really require it or need it. It's mostly just bigger enemies or smaller, like, enemies that kind of, like, like, like zoomers and shit that kind of, like, just fly zoomers. in at you. <laughs> they just fly in at you really quick. Or gamers. I think they're called gamers. They, like, fly in at you and you just, like... What's up, gamers? What's up, gamers? <laughs> You give you give them an old uppercut backward and it feels really good because you just like you get an instant counterattack on that and just like yeah. put a bunch of fucking damage into that. You can do that to a lot of bosses too, uh, and that feels real good when you fucking mm. when, when you uh, when you hard parry a boss um, nice. and you get to like dump like fifteen extra missiles into it. Uh, but yeah, like I'm about six and a half, seven hours in. I had an extraordinarily awful crash this morning. Ugh. And so I, you're five hours in now. I lost two major upgrades and a bu- and a bunch of small upgrades uh, because uh. this game does an other M thing that I don't like. It arbitrarily seals doors sometimes because I think they just didn't know how to keep the player from sequence breaking the game. So they just arbitrarily turn some doors into doors that are... Like, so you like, oh, I want to go back to the safe point since I did some, cl- oh, everything's fucking locked off. Great. So, Lots. so I was going, so I was going to grab one other power up. Um, I was doing some shine spark shenanigans, uh, and I was going back and forth between these two rooms really quickly. And then the game goes, I'm going to go back to the, t- I'm going to go back to the Wii, uh, or I'm going to go back to the, uh, switch main Wii. menu now. You you, t- you ran back to the Wii. Yeah, it literally threw me into the Wii main menu for some reason. <laughs> it loaded up my Wii, and for some reason Metroid Other M was in there. Oh, God. It felt real bad, man. I felt like the game, that was, that's and, the real thing. then Samus destroyed it with the Omega Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually the climax of the game, is they're just wild, destroying man. it with... Destroying Metroid Other M. It's yeah, wild. like the last boss is literally just a packaged copy of Other M. Just a big, I mean, that, a big dumb Wii box. That game also had you changing camera angles to fire missiles. 
Oh god! Like the last, the last thing you do in Other M is literally point the point at the screen and press a button. That's your final boss. You literally just point at the girl and press a button. Point at the girl, mother, mother. God, Other M. Let's I have, need tech, Sector Zero. Oh god! Oh, it's all coming back to me. Oh, just don't acknowledge that game anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we just do not talk about it. Like, uh, when I was talking about the games to you guys earlier, I was like, oh yeah, the GBA, GBA games were a while ago. Yeah. And I, I did, and I didn't play Samus Returns, mm-hmm. and I just memory hole other M. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to even mention it. I love the fact that we both still have positive reviews of other M on my website, however. Fucking. Oh my god. It's just, it's that, it's that, like, it's look, a, it's at a, the time, it's, it's literally just, um... Man, I'm so happy to have a Metroid game to play. I'm not going to think yep. about it. That's literally all it was. Yep. Man. We got also, zeitgeisted also, also, so hard. Also, I was 16. You were 16. <laughs> you have be a fair. much better excuse than I do. <laughs> you were my age. Yeah. I mean, John, what, Did you know John wasn't even born when Fusion came out? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think Polly had a second where she was like, maybe. Maybe. No, no. Was it? What? Was yeah. he? Was he? What? Huh? I fucking loved Fusion Mission as a kid. They're really their, good. I think they're played, still really good. Like a dozen times I played each. Fusion. Yeah. I played Fusion like two months ago. It was a rad ass oh. time. Nice. I had a very good time replaying that video game. I'm just waiting. I want you all to finish it and then tell me. If it- Tell me if it hell basically. Holds I think together. it's. I think. I think you're probably fine. Like I. I've seen I don't very see, good impressions. I don't see anything at this point. Like, and I've got like most of my suit upgrades, so I have to assume I'm close to the end of the game. Like the game would have to massively fumble to make me really resent like the the time that I've yeah. already spent in this game. I think you're fine. Like I think this is gonna be okay. Okay. Cool. I, I like when you. I like when I said like. My expectations are not like, oh, this is going to live up to the grand legacy of no. Super Metroid. No, or whatnot. no, it's, I just want a good video game. That's all. It's not even like I'm, I just want a good video game. It's like I just want like a nice, fun corp game that holds together. Like I, I, I think I brought up as a comparison point. I was thinking like Sonic Colors, Mega Man Eleven, yeah. and Shantae Pirates. Curse. Yeah. This game like, doesn't really feel corp at all, though. Is the thing. It feels, this game feels like it was, uh, it began life as a downloadable game, uh, because its presentation is very, like, it, 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 I'm not saying it's budgety, but I'm saying that, like, a lot of this game just doesn't feel, like, there's not a lot of tutorializing, this game's not hand-holdy, uh, I still felt there was way too much tutorializing for a Metroid game. It's not waypointy, like, there are, like, they will put, like, they will put, like, the scent, like, the, the, the... I think the one major thing that they'll put on the map is sometimes they'll put, like, sphere upgrades to tell you, but they don't tell you how to get there. Yeah. They'll just be like, here's an upgrade here. Here's where you'll get the Omega Cannon. Uh, it is very hands-off. Yeah, yeah, it's very hands-off, and the map is very... less substantially less hands-off than Fusion and Zero Mission. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. absolutely. For yeah. sure. You still gotta hit, like, uh, navigation points to talk to Adam and stuff, but it's not like, mm-hmm. he's not telling you step-by-step step what to do. How's Adam in this one? I mean, I'm curious. He's, he's just a text-to-speech guy. Cool. I was joking with Polly earlier. They have found the best way ever to make a game that is fully voiced by having one character be text-to-speech 
and Samus doesn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious to me that like th- like Adam is talking to her in the opening cutscene and like you're waiting for the moment where she's going to respond because other M already made that precedent, but she's just nope. sitting there gesturing at, at control panels and stuff and he's nothing. Nothing. Did they she get are, an internal I, monologue, like in Fusion and Zero Mission? She has, like, the, 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 the opening narration is text. Uh, it's just a bunch of text, and it's from huh? her point of view, but she's not okay. saying it. It's not voice. Amazing. Perfect. Just, I think after Other End, they're never going to let her yeah, voice talk you're done. again. You're done. I think that, like, Poncho, uh, Poncho also said a point, like, Dread actually makes me want to go back and check out Samus Returns. So, awesome. I was like, I will probably actually pick that up at some point, because one, I like Metroid 2, uh, despite the fact that I know they did a real dumb thing with no. it. it, it oh, oh, it just boss. makes me angry. I, I, uh, I think my deal with Samus Returns is like, if I have a good time with this, then I, I'm i just, I'd be interested in what their Metroid flavor is. Not yeah. so much thinking about, because yeah. I don't see Zero Mission as being like the update of no, the, the no, original it's a Metroid. Different They're thing. completely different yeah. games. Yeah. Like, really I, am, I enjoy that NES game, and I enjoy Zero Mission for two different reasons. Yeah, and, and I... If Samus Returns is close to that, I yeah. think that could be fun. Metroid. Like Metroid Two is like my favorite. It's like it, yeah. it inspired a ton of my work. It's like one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Game stories, but uh, just like we did our thing. We did our we did our did our little twist on. We did our little um dumb 3ds metroid D oh yeah thing. like i love that we even had we even did like the the number thing where like when you when you when you kiss a boy like the number cycles and then it settles again <laughs> on the next number yep yep yeah. oh my god that I was like I, like that, that was literally metroid like that, that was literally our homage to uh metroid 2 that's amazing. operation atb yes that game Fugitive. was literally designed with metroid 2 in mind Fugitive pulls from Metroid 2 constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Sure. Into the Vortex started off with Hey, remember at the end of Metroid 2 when you get swallowed by yeah. the final boss? Yeah. And then honestly, I think Facets is sort of the same vibe, too. We're going deep into the. There's a lot of Metroid deep, deep, 2 deep into the level, counting of... down as you kill the enemies. Oh, oh, Metroid. Right. A lot of really Metroid. Like Metroid 2. Yeah, a lot of Metroid 2 DNA in the John Thayer catalog. Yep. Facets remain. Yeah. <laughs> Should have had the timer in the car. Oh, yeah. Seven. So, so, like, like cool. where are you at, Rhett? Because I'm like, I kind of feel that I'm probably okay. I'm probably going to really enjoy this by the end. Like, yeah. do you have any other thoughts? I mean, my thoughts are, I think it's good. I don't have really any issues with it. But, like, if you start comparing it to, like, Hollow Knight. You oh, know, yeah. Like, which I'm not. That's why. I'm, like, yeah. I'm just like, I'm playing this as its own thing. And she's like, yeah. look, I'm just playing a, a game that is called Metroid, that I'm still doing Metroid-y type things. I just might yeah. not be doing them in the same way that has been... Pre- like, look, other people have kind of taken this genre and done better things with it. It's mm-hmm. okay that if Metroid's not going to be l- like like Metroid 2 again. It's fine. Yeah. There are other games I, think... I can get that from now. Yep, there's tons and tons and tons of games yeah. where you can get the vibe we want. Yep. Like, this is just, like, like I said, like... The, the the Mega Man Eleven the Shantae thing are I'm just like yeah. I have I there's a thing that I can really appreciate there's a specific type type of like sort of big studio mm-hmm. but retro style game that I can just kind of have a good time with yeah and I think that's plenty okay. to ex- that's all I expect okay can I say my thing now yeah <laughs> oh, yes right I th- I think there's just the game is so fast 
Yeah. And like, it's not just that it's really fast. It's that that affects the map design so much. Yeah. Where like, I just have moments where like, I'm going through a new area for a while. And then I look at the map and it's just this. It's absolutely, huge. It's this absolutely massive serpentine mess of nonsense. But <laughs> like when you, when you start running back through it, it doesn't, you don't feel that at all. Kind of. I think it feels maybe a little too large at times. There's times for me where, like, once you've cleared out the Emmy zone and have to kind of use that as the, what, what, to get to other areas yeah. on Asperids, yeah. which generally have more, it feels a bit like fillers area. It can. Because the thing yeah. with the Emmys is the Emmy zones is that they don't really have enemies in them because you're focused on. Yeah, they can't the really. In pursuit. Like they have There's little, not... they have like little annoying enemies that get in the way from time to time, yeah. but you can easily just dash past yeah. them. But then once you kill the Emmy, there's actually more enemies. Yeah, then they spawn in new enemies. Just to make them not completely empty. Yeah, that would be a bit... Yeah, if they had just left those rooms empty, that would have been a bad decision. That'd be really bad. And I get why they're like that, because running through normal areas while being chased would have been a nightmare to design, even though it would have been kind of cool. It would have been really cool, but it's not something they could have done on this kind of scope of a game. Yeah. But it's just like... You know how we kind of rag on the Castlevania 3D games? Not 3D, the the explorey ones. Yeah, yeah. Having really boring room design. Yeah. Like, this is, like, so extremely in the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> where the room design is so complex and spirally and winding. It's really and- intricate. Yeah. In a way that I wasn't expecting because, like, when I started seeing, you know, when you started seeing videos and pictures of that game, yeah. it looked like it was going to just be very boxy, very boring. Because, but, like, these rooms are very, like, there's a lot of love and care putting into, put into the design yeah. of these rooms. Because I think the stuff they were showing a lot early was the Emmy Zone, which is the more boxy, open areas because you have to have the room to navigate around these yeah. enemies that, that can one-hit kill you. Yeah. And they're it's big. Really, they're big, yeah. so... I just think like I can't. I keep going back to Hollow Knight, where like <laughs> I mean, it's the very easy to do that. Yeah. yeah, because the movement in that game is slower. Mm-hmm. Each room can be a lot more deliberately paced, and yeah. then become, and then each room can kind of stick in your memory a bit more, and it's easier to map yeah. out everything in your head. Yeah, everything zooms by in this game, and it's both Every- a cool thing and to its detriment, I suppose. Yeah. Because I just have moments where I'm just like, okay, where do I actually go next? And then I open the map and, oh my god. And the fact that the map shows, like, every single actual grid is just kind of overwhelming. It's way too specific. Like, Samus is, like, two blocks high and one block wide. So (laughs) when you hit an area on the map, it highlights the exact positions you hit. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, you're going to need the space jump to actually 100% the map. Yeah. Because, like, every single goddamn room in this game, the ceiling is grayed out because I can't get up there. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think that they actually, like... I, I don't think they track that at all. So I know, but just looking at the map, it drives me nuts like I've been in this room. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> just, I got you. Just, like, because every single room is, like, two-toned because of that, it just... It's a minor annoyance. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they put, like, you have no options on the map besides highlight one thing at a time. Yeah. And it'll it'll show, like, all collected upgrades 
Yeah, you like, know. it is a cool thing where you can be, like, like, like you can hover over, like, the missile tank icon and, like, you only highlight missile tank icons and it'll, like, it'll, like, take the contrast mm. down a little bit on the map and it'll pop out all of the, the, the missile packs that you've seen that yeah. you haven't collected yet and you can, like, you know, I think that's a cool feature. It's just the yeah. map's not, the map maybe is not robust enough. Yeah. I just wish you could hide, like, hide, you know, the door icons. Yeah, the door else. icons are a bit much. I don't know why they needed those. There's the map is so detailed. Like there's like literally no data that isn't, isn't transcribed on the, map, on the map. Yeah. Because it is just the actual grid data and the actual door type data. Yeah. And like if you hit if you shoot a wall a missile at a wall and it reveals like a special block, it'll catalog that block on the thing. Yeah. Like the, the, the one thing that I don't like is like when you you destroy like a missile door, but like the missile yeah. door icon will still stay on. Like yeah. it, it just feels like needless clutter sometimes. Yeah, and I just think like the speed of the game makes combat maybe a little harder than it could be. Oh yeah, the combat is like, like normal combat is still pretty hard. Like this is very yeah. it's just about as hard as fusion could get. Uh, and enemies mm-hmm. hit like a fucking truck in fusion. Yeah. yeah, no, they hit like a truck in this game. Oh, too. They truck. Yes, yeah. and you have significantly less health in this game than you do in that game. I think I've got. I think I've got like seven E tanks. Mm. It seems like this one is a good. If you are a fan of fusion, yeah, I think like that, it actually follows yeah. up. I, I, maybe it follows up on the things that are actually like cool about fusion. I, I'm pretty confident you will like this game. Cool. I mean, the concept for this game was done around then, where yeah. they talked about. Project Red in like yeah nine, like this is a game that they've wanted to make for a long time uh, and never had the technology like, so I think they straight up said this is version three like there yep this is the third time this game version. has been made so interesting That's crazy cool. I I couldn't imagine this as a DS one no game, it never would have worked yeah but yeah like I, I I'm I'm having a good time I don't see yeah. that changing too much nope. um but yeah. Maybe after maybe after I've read a few more light novels. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the thing about Samus Returns that kind of kept me off it is like I think they leaned into the counter melee stuff way more for regular enemies. Yeah, I see that a lot in the video. It just seems like you could just kind of run through a bunch of everything, which seems a very weird to- tone for Metroid Two to end up having. Yeah, like Samus is running around uppercutting things. I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong, but it is definitely a weird tone for Metroid. <laughs> It really, it really feels better having this be a new thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I'm so happy that this is a new thing and that it's yeah. like it's forging forward on a vision that was really strong. That like I like that when you heard about back in the day sounded really cool, and then they finally were able to deliver on it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here for it. Like I'm I'm happy with this game so far. Really am. Cool. Yeah, and that's it so nice because this could have been a disaster. It really could have been, and I think yeah. a lot of people were expecting it. To, like when I first like like I was watching people react to this game announcement. Like so, I, I was watching other people kind of react when things were being announced. So like the first thing that happened was like, oh, it's Mercury Steam that's developing it. Like, oh, great, this is going to be terrible because like a bunch of people didn't like. Uh, um, Samus Returns, or they they don't like it because it was on the 3DS, so it's going to be bad for some reason. You know, like that's kind of like th- there was definitely reason, or, or, pe- or people had definitely invented reasons to be mad about this game being what it was and being developed by who it was being developed by. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, 
It could have gone it absolutely is, terribly. It's very funny that it basically seems like they kind of had Castlevania to test run, and yeah. then they got Metroid, and then started, and then got their act together. Yeah. Yeah. If that's kind of the arc, that's very funny to me. Yeah, that seems about <laughs> the size of it, honestly. <laughs> that's fine because Castlevania was always worse. Absolutely, as far as exploring, <laughs> you are as far not as exploring wrong. Games go, you are not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts about Metroid Dread? Because I think that's a show. Yeah, I think that's a show. That's a show. We did it. We survived somehow. We made it to the end. We're all in one piece. Somehow, don't know how. Like with all the buzz saws that were running around in the studio today, <laughs> I don't know how we made it, but we made it. We did good. I'm proud of us. Going to pat us on the back, not too hard. You might break your spine. All right, all right. So John Thayer, tell the pretty internet folks at home where they can find you. Faraway.times.itch.io and Rhett, where can the internet folks find you? Watching anime. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> probably. That's what you're going to be doing. But yeah, thanks everybody for coming out. It's been an absolute blast as always. And we'll catch you again in another couple weeks, probably. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Mm-hmm.